0: Injured in a car accident, we cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs.
1: If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904.
2: For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. I Attention! you. I you. They are not ready for prime time. Primetime. Primetime. Prime time, that's the name. Primetime. Primetime. What time is it? Showtime. prime time. It's XL Primetime. Featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. That's not how it works. Mia O'Brien.
3: Should I laugh? Should, should I not laugh?
2: And Leon Searcy. This
4: is the big boy, league. How you like
5: me now? How you like me now? Noon hour, Super Bowl week Thursday is here. That means, you know what it means, we're getting ready for the weekend. So this should be the weekend of all weekends. We always talk about politics and making Monday, a national holiday. You know, some people like to, the idea of moving Super Bowl to Saturday. I'm not into that. I do like that day off, though, on Monday. But we're going to get you ready for a little Super Bowl action. And, of course, big news in the NBA. Has there been a busier seven days in the association? I, I can't remember, but blockbuster trades and records falling and all that kind of stuff. All right, we get it cranked. We get it cranked. We get it cranked. Here we go. Richie just jumped up from the ground uh, with Thursday Modelo Yellow uh, as we get it rolling. It's Super Bowl week. I read this morning that there will be, I just, I don't know if I can buy this, 1.25 billion with a B, chicken wings consumed on Sunday. 1.25 billion. These birds are under attack. They're under attack. Now, I got no, some- going down that road again, are we? What do you yeah.
3: consider boneless chicken wings? Are those chicken tenders or are those wings? Well, you know what? Those
5: are not wings. They're not wings. Saucy Definitely not wings. But yeah, I know. Well done, JJ. Yeah, I don't know if they like fudged and included those. Those. I'll tell you what boneless is. Hey, Amen. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a, a chicken breast that's and cut not. up into chunks. Child. And yeah. sold for a major profit is what it is. is what it is. But anyway, $1.25 and then there were some other ones. I'll throw some numbers wow. at you uh, today and tomorrow when it comes to well, uh, wings, bro. Super Bowl. Some people too. don't like to get their fingers, Yeah, well, yeah you know.
4: You know. <laughs> but you, all it takes is two swipes. He, I don't understand he, what, what he doesn't get about the wing. Yeah. It's swipe right, swipe left, it's gone. Right. Yeah. Now he got he bone.
1: He doesn't like to get stuff on his fingers. Oh, that's right. yeah. that's true. That's well,
5: true. I, I I didn't mean this to go straight to him. I'm just talking no. about <laughs> wings, and I like them. I can clean the bone, and, and like vultures would fly over and just like uh, there's nothing there. There's nothing. There's you don't swipe
1: left nothing. You literally just stick it in your mouth and done. Yeah, the but flats.
5: I, I work. I work on it actually. I do. It, it's I, it, it is work. It's an art form to me. You so know, you
6: guys are doing wings this weekend.
1: Oh yeah.
5: Oh yeah. And, and you know, to I'll, me it's I'll, like
4: that's. Well, uh, it's been done. What are you? Hey, uh, you know what? I'm I'm thinking about doing a slaw dog. That's what oh, I'm talking about. Okay. Something well, different.
5: I, I feel like all right. Here's here's Inspired the thing. Inspired by Coach Campo you know? and
3: it was all American hot dog?
4: Oh absolutely. Homemade slaw. <laughs> Homemade slaw. Nice little bun, the big Franks, they, mm-hmm. they kind of plump up or whatever. I'm trying to decide. Oh, I don't want to boil them, but I don't want to boil them because I don't want them all limp. How about if out. you just like, want them you're talking dirty to me and I yeah. kind of like it? I want to put them on the grill yeah, so they get can out plump there and up.
1: grill them. Absolutely. Because, the, like, I got a so, place for you to go to get some good dogs. I'm
4: gonna do them myself.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, no, the, act- the actual dogs.
5: Oh, the dogs. Okay, yeah, all yeah, right, yeah. cool. That'll you work. Get,
1: yeah, all natural
5: beef or whatever. Yeah, natural natural beef casing, all that kind it. of stuff. Yeah. There's uh, chicken dogs that are pretty good that you could cover yeah. with, Whoa. especially if you're grilling them. You know, good mm-hmm. chicken dogs, and then and, and then put the chili on and, it. Yeah. But like, I'm always gonna have wings. as part of every. Cookout yeah, that I, mean, I have. the
4: wings will be the wings will be the side. they would be the side dish.
5: But I'm gonna go with the. Kansas City Philadelphia theme. I love that Philly cheesesteaks. Philly mm. cheesesteaks, and then I'm gonna Tasty do bar. a Boston butt. Nice, you know, for the Kansas City. And look, I'm not like a huge Kansas City barbecue guy because it's more tomato. Yep. I'd rather have the kind of the mustard base. Mm. But I'm gonna go that. I'm gonna go that route.
6: You time. never let me down, Joe. Gonna, are you doing air frying with the is wings? a great Sunday.
5: Yeah, I think it'll be cool. Are you air frying the wings? Or are you? Deep frying? Them. Oh no, I'm. I'll put them. I'll put them on the grill or TLD Ooh. will oven them up.
3: I am gonna air fry. Um, actually came up with so I'm really big with the air fryer with the taquitos, the chicken roll ups. Yeah, they're super so great. super easy. If you've never yeah. seen it on TikTok, it's an easy recipe to do, folks. You get a rotisserie chicken from Publix, uh-huh. mash up some cheese, some ranch, some sour cream, all mix it up,
1: and then you're just picking it
5: all. Corn, apart, tor- corn it tortilla. There. You throw yeah. it
3: on. You roll them up. You throw them in the air fryer for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So what we're thinking of doing- yeah, That's where the air fire so you lost me
1: at eat. ranch, by the way, but keep going. But, but what we're thinking yeah.
3: of doing is doing Philly cheesesteak roll-ups. <laughs> so you know, that sounds cheese good. cheesesteak, like an yeah. egg roll sort of stuff. Ain't
6: steak. nothing wrong with the ranch. Yeah. That sounds yeah. uh, good, right? Yeah. Thinking
3: about that, but then the other thing, too, is when I think Excuse Super me, Bowl, ma'am. and maybe this is mm-hmm. just growing up in New Jersey, we always had the wings, but my brother's best friend's dad makes the best chili I've ever had. And so every Super Bowl party I went to from age 8 to age 18- this chili that he's got, like Super Bowl chili, sausage. is what it's called. He's yeah. got uh, bacon. He's got the ground beef. He's got everything you can imagine. That was what, I, like, the staple for me. The highlight so, was yeah. uh, it, the chili. It, it,
5: I would think every Super Bowl party
4: would. So, have you gonna go, go yeah. tater tots, fries, or rings. That's I
5: think. All tater tots three. are special. Tater tots are special. You cannot lose. You cannot lose tater tots. I had onion rings at a at a really for
3: the national championship. My buddies and I had onion rings and wings. Yeah, yeah. and, no, and that was. It was surprisingly, yeah. it hit the spot. Yeah,
5: if you okay. can do. Like, Not
3: usually an onion ring, gal.
6: You guys yeah. are gonna eat all this. No, yeah. no, I just want options. Yeah. <laughs> Because A, like, I might stuff like, some jalapenos. I thought you were gonna like yeah. be by yourself at the house. Well, I don't, don't care. So, so
5: you know how you <laughs> got I what options. You know how you got the grill and then you got the little burner set up on the side. Okay, so we're gonna do like you know, like to Leon's point, mm-hmm. like maybe chili dogs or something. But mm-hmm. anyway, one of the son-in-laws frying pickles. He wants to fry the pickles. Nice, out there. Ooh, yeah, very nice. Choice. And then the, choice. the the jalapeno
1: poppers. So I'm gonna put so the jalapenos on the grill. Yeah. Okay, you gotta char them up, right? Mm-hmm. Get them all charred. Yeah, take them off. Get a little mixture of chorizo and cream cheese, mm. and put it in. Wrap there. it, and bake, and put oh. it back on the grill. See, that sounds awesome.
5: See, we that know I can awesome. appreciate
4: what you manage. Yeah. There's always effort in your food. Yeah, yeah. always effort. It's effort. I, come I, I over, can bro? commend you. I can, we'll rock I, it might, out. I may have to come over. <laughs> yeah, that does yeah. sound good. I might have to come knocking on your door. Yeah,
5: because yeah. you know most of the jalapenos you're gonna dip them and fry yeah. them and whatnot, which is nothing bad about <clears> that either. But
1: that sounds pretty good too. Got to Keep turning them on the grill. Like I've been, I've been
5: craving lately. Char-grilled oysters with some hot oh. sauce and some, some spinach or whatever on top of it. Put I them on the
4: grill, grill and them pop. Yeah. Um, yeah. Put a little Tabasco. Yes. Horseradish. All
5: the hot sauce, yeah.
4: Put them on a nice little crack.
5: And I, oh. I just, it's in my brain here of late
4: because, uh, you, you know, that New Orleans Bud light place. in your hand, bud light. Oh, yeah. Okay.
3: I got one for All you guys. Right. Maybe we can make this our question of the day brought to you by Beaver Toyota. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite
5: Okay, love it because we're. You know what? Because mm. let's do dip today because we'll do the uh you know the menu tomorrow. Yep. Yep. Uh, but your favorite dip because all right, let's just jump in on this. TLD's like you know she's she's a cook. I mean she's an Italian girl and she's a cook, but they've got the the jalapeno popper dip. They've got a seven layer dip and then they've got a few other ones that they're putting out there as far as possibilities uh, for what's coming up. Big Vic's chiming in. Everyone's chiming in on what they want. So, yeah, that's a good one.
3: Let's do all the dip. So, JJ, what's what's your go-to if you're going to have, like, chips and dip? What's the I go-to? I love
5: hummus.
6: I wouldn't eat yeah, it with chips, really but I eat it with, like, uh, naan. Mm-hmm. Na- yeah, naan. So freaking good, man. Are you going to have Puts that Puts Americans the Super Bowl, to shame. Though? You're going to
3: have hummus on the Super Bowl?
6: Yeah. I think we're going to do, like, a, a side of charcuterie. Yep.
4: Yeah. Um, You know, for the day is, to this lead this. up. That's some work
1: now.
6: Yeah, uh, my girl does all that. I was going to say
4: this sounds like your girl did.
6: I, my <laughs> girl's going to make all the food too. Okay, yeah. are I you serious? You. I'm going to be my ass on the couch. Yeah, does Blake know there might be a few other people coming by? Bring it. We have a very <laughs> small apartment, so I hope you're ready for that.
5: All right, so so here you go. This is at least the possibilities. Okay, uh, French Fidelia.
6: onion. By the way, my my go-to second.
5: Nice. Yeah, Interesting. which one? French onion. Oh yeah. Okay, so that's just about to say this is Fidelia onion dip. Okay, we're talking Georgia right there. Yeah, that's man. hardcore. Vidalia onion dip, uh, Velveeta dip, guacamole, mm-hmm. Reuben dip, um, and the seven layer dip, and the white bean hummus, JJ.
6: <clears throat> white bean hummus. Okay. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I'm sure it's just as good as the brown one that I usually
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess just a different bean. <laughs> yes. Or a chickpea or whatever.
3: So are we leaving this question open ended or like we, yeah, we have well,
1: to gonna, Yeah, I'm just going to say what's your go-to dip for My Sunday? My go-to dip is uh it's called cowboy chow.
3: Mhm. Ooh. Mm-hmm.
7: So that's that's why it's got some some, So it's like so it's like you
1: take corn off the cob you yep. can shave it, right? Yeah. Chop up tomatoes. Mhm. Chop up red onions. Get uh black beans. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Put a little lime over it. This is- Just a little vinegar. Yeah. Stick in the uh, refrigerator for about two hours. Pull yeah. it out. Wow. So this is the same
5: thing as uh, Texas caviar. Exact same, same thing. Same thing, yeah, cowboy yeah. chow. Yeah, yeah, same thing. That sounds good. So that I sounds-
3: just Googled, you know, best Super Bowl dips. And God, I, I, I literally would eat all of these. Spinach There's and artichoke, so- what's our take on that one, boys? That's a win. Yeah, that's a a a, it's a popular. That's, that's a win. That's you a don't, win don't win. have
1: so much of that. At some point, you tap out on- three. Yeah, okay. exactly.
3: How about seven-layer?
1: Yeah, that's the one that uh, also CLD's at some point you on. tap out. What is that? Idea. Seven it, layer. All that refried beans and cheese. And oh, sour cream. okay. Salsa. Very sour cream.
5: heavy. Your yeah. French
3: onion dip also gets a shout out here, JJ. Oh yeah, that's the, just
1: a
5: classic. Their
3: number one listed though here on InsanelyGoodRecipes.com is pizza dip.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, what? Mm-hmm. What is this that? This fun
3: recipe crams all the amazing Italian-inspired flavors of pizza into a dip: cheese, sour cream, oregano, pizza sauce, and oregano again. Yeah. It tastes like pizza in a bowl with a heaping top of mozzarella on top. <laughs> you serve fat. it with chips or bread.
4: That's why I was so fat.
5: With bread. That's got to go with bread. you fat. You're <laughs>
4: that's
5: <true>. Yeah, that's <laughs> a disgrace. It is yeah. too much. Bro. Yeah, because if you think of the calories that you could consume uh, on that day, uh, and just don't even forget about what, what comes in a glass, you know, just the, the food calories.
6: I'm definitely going for a run yeah, Sunday well, morning. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, but if you're
1: just
5: drinking brown yeah, yeah. water, you know. Get it in. Well, that's true. Listen, but that won't be the case. There's a reason you know. <laughs> I've had
3: salads every day this week.
5: Yeah, that will not be the case. All right, so hit us with a dip. Uh, JJ, you'll
6: put it out on social. It's already out. Question of the day brought to you by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. What is your go-to dip for Sunday? Okay, you for reply. For the big game.
5: Yeah, reply, describe, uh, make us hungry, all that stuff. Go ahead and do it. All right, KD, Kevin Durant. Uh, I, I, I know this has happened before, but the basic seven-day – period that this happened where Kyrie said, get me up and out of here. And then within two days of, of him saying that he was gone to Dallas. And then we came in Monday. We talked about, all right, Kyrie and, and Luca, how's that going to work? And then nothing from KD. And then I believe somewhere in the middle of the week, the Brooklyn Nets said, we're not moving KD. I'm pretty sure that's what they said. (laughs) And then, you know, here we go. Last night, everything's going. This is a night after uh, LeBron breaks one of the biggest records in sports, which certainly was a significant moment in the association. And now Kevin Durant is gone on his way to Phoenix. What What did you think as all this unfolded?
4: Well, I mean, I I remember when I remember when we initially thought what a couple of years ago, three years ago, when they all assembled. Oh, yeah. When you had Kevin, when you had Hardy, Harden, you, had, you yeah. had Harden, you had Harden, you had KD, and you had you know Kyrie Irving. I mean, I think I think we was treating them. Kind of like what we were treating the the, the big three in Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about you're talking about offensive firepower. bar. these three guys, could, could they could they mesh? Could they interact with one another? Could they win a championship together? And I remember when they came out, everybody had them coming out of the East. Everybody had them coming out in the East. Uh, you know, but for whatever reason, the team reasons, to beat, is the team, what it team was. to beat, yeah. absolutely, the the team to beat. But uh, it didn't work out. I I, I don't know if there there was. Characters clashed. They clashed. Personalities clashed. Injuries, uh, setbacks—all those kind of things kind of factored into why, why this big three didn't work or did, didn't pan out. And um, I don't—I don't listen. I've never been a big fan of the big three, so I'm not gonna say it's is unfortunate. I always believe that a team or uh, one superstar should get some guys around them and lead their team. That's why I was so upset with LeBron when he left Cleveland and went to Miami. He became a villain to me. Yeah. Because I was like, "Hey, listen to a lot of people. Yeah, you get to a lot of people. So I mean, I'm not saying that I'm sad that this happened. They're all they're all superstars in their right and their right mind by, by themselves. Um, but when you've got alpha dogs and injuries, it's chemistry. I think chemistry, absolute chemistry. When it doesn't mesh, then you get you get we got to call you got to call this big three a bust.
1: You got mm-hmm. I mean, you have three superstars who want the ball. True, There's only so many possessions. True, and you that's a chemistry thing. That's that." That was the problem with Russ and LeBron. Uh, every, actually, Russ with everybody
4: everywhere he's been. Yeah. Yes. yes. Oklahoma Everywhere and he's, and he's, he's been. Career. And, he's, and, these, and, three, and, and those three guys, they But Russ, they is a, he's a phenomenal player. He's just he's the. he's a, wanna, he,
1: he was a phenomenal player, but yeah. he couldn't get
4: along with people. Well, and how many of these three want to defend, really? Really want to defend? Yeah. Yeah, not that many. None. None.
3: Kyrie's actually not an awful yeah. defender. Yeah. Not awful, but not very good.
5: If you want to go back to at least one mini super team that didn't work out worth a damn, was go back to – KD, Paul George, and James Harden. And think about what was going on in Oklahoma City uh, originally.
6: Paul George wasn't there for that. Yeah.
5: No, you're right. You're right. James
6: Harden, Who Russell Westbrook, There's... KD. There you go. Russell And then there I, I, was yeah. Paul George, was there with um, Chris Paul and I think Russ.
1: Yeah, because it was For Harden. like maybe a season. It was Harden, One KD. Once he got out of there, he wasn't no part of that.
5: Uh, against Miami
6: and ha- I, I also wouldn't call that original uh OKC team a super team because they all drafted them and Harden was coming off the bench you know they were so young like that was only KD's like I don't know maybe fifth or sixth year in the league but, yeah, but they, remember, they turned into superstars yeah and
5: just remember he you know he got out of there after that but that was a team that had made it to the NBA finals won that first game you thought holy smokes they were a pretty sure up big in the second game and then they ended up getting you know basically swept out of
6: there from he left a couple years after when they blew a 3-1 lead correct and And that's what I was just gonna
3: say if you take away blowing that 3-1 lead in Oklahoma City and if Kevin Durant's foot is in is outside the line and he drills that three against the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets advance in the playoffs two years ago does that change the course of history at all or would he still have left for Mm. Golden State and would it still have left for Brooklyn and now is asking for a trade and receives it to go to Phoenix does well, that change the, the, everything?
6: The Brooklyn thing was recent. I yeah. mean, like, the, that was after the Warriors, No, obviously. I know. So what
3: I'm, what I'm saying is, if they didn't blow that 3-1 lead, would Kevin Durant have still left and gone to Golden State? Probably not. And if he hits the three, it's not ruled a two, and they beat the Bucks the year the Bucks win the NBA Finals – and maybe, yeah, the, ne- and maybe the Nets win the finals. Yeah. Is he looking for a trade and receiving it today? It
6: depends if they win the finals. I yeah. mean, Joe Sy has a lot to do with this. The guy is a terrible owner. Mm-hmm. He brought in this, quote, super team, even though Kevin Durant was hurt the whole first year. Yeah. It's not an excuse. They should have at least been to the NBA finals. They didn't. He oh, yeah, didn't please the players. He went to battle with Kyrie over the vaccination thing. He suspended him, didn't let him play. Uh, it was a mess the yeah. entire time. They both wanted out. K- KD wanted out before the season. And heck, and, you know, like people, people don't remember that. They, they had to bring – they had to, like, talk KD out of it and bring him back, and now oh, yeah. they just trade him halfway through the season. Absolute disaster.
5: Yeah, because this offseason was filled with Aaron Rodgers-type drama uh, with KD and, and Kyrie, and, and, and both basically wanted out. And then here you, you, know, you fast-forward and both, both basically have gotten out. But, yeah, it was, it was nothing but a mess – and, and remember, James Harden, when he showed up, he kind of looked fat. He kind of looked out of shape. And you're like, what's going on? And this isn't going to work. And then, you know, to ship him out and get Ben Simmons in there, and he's hardly done, you know, anything memorable uh, to, to this point. And, uh, like, gosh, man, the amount of money that was spent. And, and Kevin Durant, remember, he left Golden State because I, I guess the, the, the place – didn't give him enough credit or love, even though she, he was a series MVP.
4: Feelings, and yeah, that's it. Really was.
3: Yeah, you want to talk about feelings? Oh, no, that was Kyrie and feelings.
4: KD. Oh, he was getting any love? Of course, you're not gonna get any love. with you know? With Steph Curry? There. Yeah. I mean, he's the, he's. The... I mean, he's the homeboy at Golden State. Yeah, exactly. And then everyone just
5: trounced on KD, said he was chasing titles, chasing rings, but he had every right to go and play there, and and they were a very, very good That's a super team that worked. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So how many super teams have and haven't worked, if you start thinking about it? I'll give
6: you one from, I guess I was in high school, This is probably uh, 15 years-ish ago, but. When they when the Lakers at yeah. the end of the Kobe Shaq run, when they brought like Nash Carl Malone, yeah, and Gary and Gary Steve Payton, and Gary yeah. Payton yeah, like these old guys. Talk about ring chasers at the end.
4: No, that was the AARP team. They
6: were on yeah. the cover of SI, they were yeah. supposed to win the title again, and they sucked. They were yeah. terrible. They were all f- yeah. Malone a, for sure. Uh, Nash, I guess I'd have Payton to- was terrible that yeah, season man. too.
3: What's fascinating is we're trying to come up with these. I know we came up with a couple for baseball that would be super teams that didn't pan out. If you want to count the Yankees over most well, of the you past can go twenty the years, A-Rod, uh, right? Absolutely, a- acquisition. They won a, no win a World Series. They won though. one, which yeah. in the moment everyone expected more. And if you go back to two thousand six, when George Steinbrenner is shoveling out money for Carl Pavano or even Jacoby Ellsbury more recently, and they never trans, you know, never turned into anything. I mean, it all changed quite frankly when he did shovel out the money for CC Sabathia in 2009, that obviously paid dividends. Yeah. But also there were a lot of homegrown dudes on that team too. I mean, as much as Mark DeShera and CC Sabathia were critical pieces and that was a super team in 09, you go back to that, like Kevin Brown, Mike what? Messina never really did any – like, I mean, he was uh, a great he player. He was
6: great for the Yankees. He was a great
3: player, but he never – he wasn't on the 09 team. Yeah, you're he talking about winning. the year before. Yeah,
6: yeah in, but it, in, it, yeah. he wasn't a – Buffs. Kevin Brown was right. great. Kevin, Kevin but, Brown punched yeah. the wall. I'll never yeah. forget.
3: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Carl Pavano one and is my go-to. Yeah. And Sheffield. And yeah. Sheffield was on that 09 team. Yeah. Um, but, no, what's interesting to me is, like, when we were trying to come up with super teams, we came up with NBA, we came up with college hoops, we came up with baseball. It's kind of hard to come up with an NFL team that became a super team that didn't live up to expectations, right? Is there, is there any, uh, any team you can think of?
4: Well, well I, I, I had mentioned the 2007 Patriots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that was a Super Team. They was what they went 18-1. and one. Well, they got Randy. They got Randy Moss. When you're already had, the best team in the league right, and you exactly. bring the best receiver. Yeah, yeah. The, and Rodney right, Harrison ever. on the other side, too. Yeah, Rodney
5: Harrison on yeah. the yeah. other side. Because yeah. you're talking about two r- alpha dogs. There's no doubt about that.
3: Well, my thing is, I would suggest if they have a quarterback, like let's say if Tom Brady was to come out of retirement and go play for the 49ers mm-hmm. this upcoming season, I would say them Mm because I mean they pushed all their chips to the middle of the table Mm -hmm. when they traded for Christian McCaffrey, Ayuk, Samuel, Samuel Kittle, the defense. Like I would say that's probably the closest right now we have if you look at the landscape of the NFL to a quote unquote super team.
5: Okay, but then then the only thing that I like, I am like kind of caught in the middle of like qualifying it. Because Brooklyn went out and bought all that. Correct. You know, whereas a lot of ones that you're mentioning, they you know, K- uh, Kittle, I, all those guys were, I mean, that you give them credit for drafting their tails off, but going and getting McCaffrey, if they were to get Brady, then it probably would fall under that heading. By the way, I think the first shoe that dropped for Tom Brady about whether or not he's going to mm-hmm. play one more year, the first shoe was I have $35 million waiting for me and a Fox booth begging me to come up there, and I'm going to wait until 24 because I'm just going to work on my craft. That was the first shooter to drop about whether or not Tom Brady was going to come back. Then the next one. This is the one that just really kind of caught me. Uh, on his Let's Go podcast, he did have a quote that says he still feels like he can play. So he said it. He is now into that, what, 42-day, 41-day uh, window walking in the desert. And oh. he has said it again. He still thinks he the can all, play. The
4: offseason can be your best friend or your best enemy. Yeah. The more he has time on his hands and the longer training camp is afar, yeah. he's going to – I'm telling you, he's going to be going back and forth, back and it's forth. It's only been a week. I, I'm it's telling only been you, bro. Unique. I'm telling you. Bro, I went through this anxiety when I was – when I retired. I was like, okay, I will get up some mornings and run and say, okay, I can make this comeback. Other days, I'm like, man, I ain't coming back. I mean, I, <laughs> listen, I literally battle with myself back and forth on if I go back in the game. That now, I believe
5: it. Yeah. And, and you still had to take the, you know, the the beating. I did, and, yes, absolutely. And he doesn't have to. So here's his quote: "There's always going to be a part of me that wants to play and a part of me that, you know, feels like I can play." I think there's just a decision to know that it's the right time. So I think for me, it's more of a just it's going to end at some point. And I think now's the time. He is now starting to walk it back. He's already started walking it back. It's just unbelievable. And so he's letting the
1: Niners and whomever else know.
5: Uh, you might you might be able to. Why cook would, I mean
1: he threw for the most yards in his career last year. Yeah. And I know you considered it was it was dumped down. You don't yeah. dump down for 5,700 yards. All right. right. Oh no no yeah
5: he's still came up with a lot of yardage but look at how pathetic overall Dumped that down offense for about
6: was. 4000 of yeah. those.
5: And, and honestly, look at their point production. The offensive line was horrible. I'm just I'm simply speaking of of the offense in general. He is he has battled through bad offensive lines before and in this case it, it caught up with him. There's there's no doubt. No doubt about it. All right, we got prop bets coming up. Uh we definitely will stay on this subject, the, the best uh you know, well, super teams that just Absolutely flopped. We yeah. can get into that. Too. We've
3: got well, we've got some super teams too that yeah. maybe they turned it around and they actually did win a title, only mm-hmm. to collapse shortly thereafter. I like this one from 1598 on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, who says the Rams were a super team as far as going out and getting the biggest names. They yeah. won the biggest prize, yeah. and then completely fell apart this past season.
6: Yeah, they well, they did. won That's the a Super Bowl, right. yeah. yeah.
3: And ditto too, 3228 says the Broncos going out and getting Peyton Manning and Demarcus Ware. They also won a Super Bowl. And have not been to the playoffs since. Do these yeah.
6: texters know that we asked for a super team that
5: doesn't work? Yeah, because both of them, at the very least, they got rings that count. Yeah, what the hell? But but the Rams fell flat on their on their. And horns, so did the Broncos. And the Broncos got pad- flags well, fly forever, folks. Here's what's crazy: the Broncos got paddled to begin with, and then came back and won that Super Bowl. Remember, that was Peyton that set the NFL record for yards. Talk about gobs of yards that year. And then they just got smoked, and then were able to come back. Malik Jackson, former Jag, Jack, making one of the biggest plays. Uh, I think DeMarcus made that happen. No, maybe it, was, maybe it was Vaughn that made that happen. Uh, but he was the one who was able to put his mitts on it and get in the end zone. Uh, all right, so just throw them out there. You can hit the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosure, six four one ten ten. 1010 Chime in on social media wherever you'd like, and then give us your favorite dip uh, for the Super Bowl and the big ball game on Sunday.
2: This 1010XL 92.5 FM hour is powered by Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. Call 1-800-747-FREE. That's 1-800-747-3733. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. 61-17
3: 6117 has an apology for you, JJ. He had su- suggested that the Georgia Bulldogs are a super team we should be talking about, not realizing our question for the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures was name a super team that didn't win at all. <laughs> he says, my bad. My go-to dip is ground beef cooked with Velveeta and a can of Rotel.
5: Don't hate that.
3: Gotta have the strip, tortilla strips, and Frito scoops.
5: A little uh, spicy uh, Rotel. Pretty good. Kind of mix it up. And look, Velveeta, you don't have to apologize for going knee deep in Velveeta.
6: That's exactly the dip I would expect that texture to be. By the way, the, the Goodfellas group. That's there. judgy. That's judgy. I am judging. You want to talk about
1: Supergroup? That Goodfellas Supergroup was. Yes, that's good. why for I about, played that. Happy birthday, about, Joe you know, Pesci. 11, 12, 13 years, right? You think I'm funny? Like a clown? So so somebody somebody I told JJ this it blew his mind. Somebody retweeted that very specific scene mm-hmm. and said, Happy birthday, Joe Pesci. And I'm looking at it. Everybody in that scene other than Joe Pesci, dead. Whew. Sad.
6: And I just realized as a new Sopranos watcher, yeah. Christopher is the one who gets shot yeah. by Joe Pesci, the bartender guy. Yeah.
1: He's the rat.
5: And they had to bring Pesci Changed in. Changed my whole life just now. If, if you wonder how uh, mafia and entertainment world uh, uh, collide and are intertwined, yeah, that's a good show to check out.
3: Have you gotten to the Holsteins yeah. ice cream parlor? I know that's the season, the series finale. Have you gotten to that one yet? Oh, I'm done. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah, my mom grew up a mile away from there, so I've yeah, been several cool. times. Ask to her what fair, happens. To be
1: fair, Jimmy Ask did her what go happens Tommy in into at that. the end, <laughs> huh? Jj, Jimmy did go Tommy into that, into shooting. Oh so, awesome. my
6: god! I didn't think he was. He, he probably didn't realize he was an insane person. Couple
3: well, he's more. He's going to get
5: made, is why. <laughs> you know, so that was good.
3: Couple yeah. more suggestions off the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. This one I kind of like for uh, our big three that flopped: Wilt Chamberlain, Eldrin Baylor, and Jerry West. No titles together.
5: Yeah, and and that's Wilt, a good one. If you're, if you know, I love arguing that Wilt's one of the greatest players that uh, you know people completely forget about somehow, some way, uh, but. I guess if you do look at titles, especially in that sport, they, they do kind of matter. Uh, and Wilt, uh, and heck, Jerry West, for that matter, uh, was supposed to be uh, adorned with more rings. The logo. Yeah, he was the logo, exactly. They were supposed to be adorned with more rings, and they just didn't.
3: A couple others that suggested the 2000 Redskins. They signed Prime and many others, and then that failed. I've also seen a couple suggesting a good the 2009-2011 yeah. uh, Eagles with Vince Young.
5: Mm-hmm. Now, Vince Young yes. had um, – Uh, 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 the big cornerback Asomua, I think is who it was that they paid a ton of money from the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, but I'm trying to think of the Eagles right now that they brought. Oh, that's where they
6: got him from the Raiders. I think that. Yeah, Yeah, there you
5: go. That's where he came from. Okay, yeah. So Asomua, and then they had, I think they had a former uh, jag on that team, Jason Babin. Uh, which was Michael little, Vick, LeSean McCoy, yeah.
6: Deshaun Jackson, uh, Macklin. Yeah. And
5: Shady was – he was definitely – You know, like, that goes back to it, were they homegrown or were they not, but going out and getting guys, uh, that's a good one. And then the the Redskins back when Danny.com was trying to come in there and buy everything with Deion in them, that's definitely – in case
3: you're just joining us the reason for our super team discussion on the text line brought to you by lifetime enclosures is because kevin durant has been traded to the phoenix suns the final member of the so-called big three in brooklyn is on the move following the trade of kyrie irving to dallas earlier this week pretty busy nba trade tra- trade deadline which comes up at three o'clock eastern this afternoon correct three or four o'clock jj
7: I am not ce- sure. Central
3: versus Eastern time throws me for a loop, but a lot of different action. I'm just scrolling through Shams and uh, Woj's timeline, uh which begs the question, are you are you a Shams or a Woj guy? Do- I'm, I'm Shams. Woj. You're Shams. you are team Shams. he's taken
6: over. Yes.
3: Okay, you you I'm you're Woj. no you're no more Is it because Woj went to ESPN?
6: Mm-hmm. Woj's been at ESPN. Right. I think Shams yes. left. I think that the, there was like uh, what was it this off season that they caught uh Woj was like working for he wasn't working for a player but he was working to suppress a story and, and when i heard that i'm just like all right he's not legit anymore uh, i'm team shams
3: team shams all and
6: the uh, kate adams who we're big fans of on the show Kate yeah. adams Kate adams.
3: adams yes
6: um apparently they're like very good friends
7: oh who?
3: And shams? Shams. Shams?
6: yeah like she had him on the show and they're flirty and I like his style. Let's Interesting. Just say that. Yeah.
3: I think he's
5: like You may have just moved me over. Exactly. I'm not quite sure. You may have. If you impress <laughs> just, Kay. Yeah. Just yeah. because yeah. of that. You might you might have just over. moved me over.
3: I think he's like five, six years younger than us too, JJ. He's like twenty. Yeah, he's he's a like twenty five. Yeah. Super little whiz kid. Um yeah. but yeah, many a uh, many a star on the move. Of course, with Kevin Durant going to Phoenix, that means that Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson headed. To Brooklyn, Mikhail's
5: Jay, out Jay now, Crowder
3: know? also in that trade. Now he has been traded again for the second time in 12 hours to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, poor guy, man. I mean, how many teams has Jay Crowder played for at this he's point? Been and the poor man is like, he's trying to find a nice, loving place well, to settle in. Well, he actually
6: chose not to play this year. He had beef with the front office with Phoenix, so I, I don't
5: feel sorry for that guy this
3: year. Well, now he's got to move. to But he has Milwaukee. played everywhere. Yeah, he was living around. in Phoenix for uh, seventy-five and sunny. <laughs> yes. So. The,
5: the Celtics, uh, who he was part of at one point, the um, Tatum runs into Brown and cracks his face. A, a facial fracture for Jalen Brown He's going to be out for a little bit of time. Which and is then, not of good course, as
3: part of the, uh, the fallback, <clears throat> if you may, of Kyrie Irving going to Dallas, the Lakers, Jazz, and Timberwolves with a massive three-team deal. D'Angelo Russell going to the Lakers, Russell Westbrook going to Utah. Although, J.J., I'm assuming he'll get his release is the assumption from the Jazz. Yes. Yeah.
6: And I'm hearing the heat. Ooh, the Which heat. would be a fun team. I for heard the Russell. Clippers. That that would be fun too.
3: Yeah, back, right back to LA. He doesn't have to change his residence, unlike Jay Crowder. So we'll keep you posted on all the craziness going on on the timeline from Shams and and Adrian Wojnarowski and the rest of the NBA trade deadline. But, of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't circle to the Super Bowl, which, of course, is now just four days away. And, Josie, you got some prop bets. Yes,
5: yes. I I don't mind getting somebody in the noon hour hooked up with some prop bets. One or two, in fact. You can hit the uh, phone, 641-1010. JJ will get you in, and we'll give you some prop bets. And, basically, we're going into the prop – closet the beer prop closet if you get both of your prop bets right you get to go in the drawing and there are a lot of prop bets uh as a matter of fact you know i've got jj and i have got our handful that we were putting together but then i also brought some new ones that have Ooh. come in you know because my bookie and everyone else is cranking them out right now and you definitely have some I, I think some some fun ones that we may add into this circus of prop bets but right now it's basically all about ball and whether or not you think uh you know certain things are going to happen. Uh, one way or the other. I'm just telling you guys, I am more and more on the Chiefs, and I- I'm-, I'm-, I'm picking the upset. I'm, I'm picking the upset. The and line
3: has held pretty steady, has it not?
5: Yeah, it's been pretty solid, uh, one and a half. I expected it to move to two. It really hasn't. I don't think that it will stay at one and a half by the time we get to Sunday. I bet it does move to two. I don't think it's going to move past that, though. Uh, I think Philly money's going to roll into Vegas, and the wise guys are going to pounce on it right there at the at the end and just, you know, whatever, affect it a little bit. But I'm just more and more on the Chief side of this bad boy. By the way, Coach Coach Campo uh, will be with us in the 2 o'clock hour. He knows a little something about the Super Bowl. He's got three Super Bowl rings, and I look at Leon when I say this and hope he doesn't hit me with his those hands, is that Coach Campo will have Larry Brown, the star of that Super Bowl, Cowboys versus the Steelers uh, back in 1995, 96 season, or 96 year, but 95 season.
4: Yeah. You mean that statue? Yeah. They didn't have to move to get the interceptions.
5: <laughs> it, it was, they were thrown right at him. Yeah. And so we will have uh, Larry Brown of Cowboy to fame. No?
4: You going to say that to him? I wasn't here. <laughs> but I would say We'll it. get you to call
1: him. You can call him. No
5: no <laughs> All right. Let's get a couple of uh, prop betters. Uh, on the show and get them going and, and look jj will get a couple of you off to the side and we'll get them rolling but let's start off with nathan let's get him up here on xl primetime nathan uh, you're on xlp you're one of our nooners what is up
7: what's going on man who Thanks do you like in this home.
5: game chiefs or eagles as a Raiders fan i gotta go eagles okay i i love the fact that you're not you know chanting sec or afc i i like that about you nate all right so This is not easy. I love the fact that Nate's got a big dip in. That's what I love. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. Ain't nothing nothing wrong with that. It's safer
6: than smoking. A lot of people don't know
5: that, but it is. Yeah. No way. Take care of your gum. Take care of your gum. All right, Nate. Either team, Chiefs or Eagles, do they register a safety in this game? No. All right. I had already typed it in. I'm just trying to think for you. Uh, All right. Nate, let's go with the team to score the longest touchdown. Who is it going to be, Kansas City or Philadelphia? Philadelphia. All right, Philadelphia. All right, so remember, you got to get both of your prop bets right. JJ will make sure that we get in touch with you. If you do get both of them right, we go into the beer props closet and we pick something out for you, okay? Yes, sir. All right, dude. Thanks, man. All right, let's get – who is it, Jed? We're going to go from Nathan to Jed. Jed, what is up? What's up, guys? How you doing, man?
6: Good, good.
5: All right, who do you like in this game?
6: Uh, you got to go with the Chiefs. It's hard to bet against Patty.
5: All right, I'm going to give you a couple of prop bets. Will either team miss an extra point? No. All right, you say no. I'm going to get to the next one as far as an extra point is concerned. Will there be a two-point conversion? Yes or no?
1: No. No. All right.
5: I'm looking around the room. Anybody else that well, you be? is a- this
6: like a two-point conversion that's actually converted or just attempted?
5: Yeah. Will there be a two-point conversion? You have to convert it. Okay. For it to count. All right, Jeb, we got you down, dude. Thanks, man.
3: Thank you.
5: All right. So they are in the drawings. <laughs> Let's just uh, look around the room. Will either team miss an extra point? And will mm. either team? You
3: got Bucker and Jake Elliott, right?
5: Yeah. Will either team miss one, or will either nah, team get nah. a two-point conversion? Oh,
3: I think there'll be a two-point conversion. You do? I, yeah. I kind of feel that way too. I do. I, I, with those two teams, I mean, hello, the Philly special, and then trick you combine plays that and with Rian. Yeah.
4: Yes, yeah. absolutely. He's yeah. going to try at least
5: once. So I kind of feel like like there's going to be uh, some. Uh, there's definitely going to be some trick plays, ring around the rosy, whirly bird, something. Uh, all right, in the one uh, o'clock hour, we'll probably try and get another a uh, couple of you, and JJ will definitely work. Uh, you know, the bookie back line uh, and get you in on the. Uh, Prop bet sheet.
3: The big game, not the only thing going down in the Valley. The Kevin Durant trade, not the only thing going down in the city of Phoenix. Heck, the waste management open isn't the only thing happening in the state of Arizona this weekend. Uh, Roger Goodell, commissioner of the National Football League, met with media for his State of the Union on a Wednesday, mysteriously. I know he said he typically does it on Fridays. right? And He had some interesting... Topics that were discussed, Josie. All
5: right. One really got me, honestly. It just kind of made me laugh. And it was so Roger Goodell. <laughs> he said, The reason there are more concussions this year is because there's better people working to quickly recognize that someone is suffering from a concussion. That is why we have this increased rate of concussions. And I say to myself, What? What? How about the fact that it's bigger, faster, stronger every single year, and bodies are flying all over the place? And Tua was walking off with what looked like uh, one of the scariest things, like deformities taking place right in front of your eyes. Uh, And he said it's because more people are alert and aware.
3: Well, it's like crazy to think, like because you're actually paying attention now, the numbers are raised. Like not like it wasn't going on before.
5: I don't know that we're ever going to get rid of concussions, Leon. I don't You're think it's uh, it's impossible course. It's a violent collision type of sport.
4: Well, first of all, all players are walking concussions, all right? Whether they believe it or not, all right? Your brain is not supposed to wobble and smash up against your skull, all right? That was not the intention of it, all right? So all the players, whether it be mild or it be severe, have 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 frequent mm-hmm. concussions if you played in this game long enough. You've had you've been dizzy, you've been starry-eyed, you've had to take a knee, all that kind of stuff. Those are variations of concussions. Mm-hmm. It's
3: just that they used to call them getting your bell right. Exactly.
4: Yeah, it used to be called getting your bell right. You don't have to slam your head up against the ground for it to be called a concussion. If a player hits a player in the trenches helmet to the helmet, and a player gets a stiffness in his neck. That stiffness is coming from your head, hitting his head, yeah. and that's a concussion. Right. All those things are very – there are different variations of the concussion. It just not – not, all of it is not diagnosed as a concussion. And I and I had to – when I realized in my playing career that I had over uh, 20 that I could label concussions, Ooh. but probably had more than that that I didn't label. Yeah. And then the concussion protocol, I always tell people, my concussion protocol was when I came off the field and I was a little dizzy. I would tell the trainer. Mm-hmm. The trainer would tell me to sit down. He would give me a cup of water. He'd give me an Advil and smelling salt. And then he says, okay. You all right? Where are we at? Where are you at? <laughs> what stadium are we in? Okay, you're in next series. That was my concussion protocol. Yeah. So has the NFL done a better job? Absolutely. The only reason why they're doing a better job is because the teams have been sued by the former players mm-hmm. and had to pay out of $1.8 billion. And what they're trying to do is rectify that the next the next bevy of players that comes along within the next five to 10 years doesn't sue him again. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is no safe cigarette. He's also just a liar. I mean, he he claimed last year (laughs) that like. He cares nothing about the players. No, he
6: said last year that the new 18th week or 17th game of the season hasn't affected with with concussions. Sure, Like trying to say that. Hey, yeah. come on! It's not—it's not even going to be a big deal. It's not going to expect to cut concussions, Ro- having an extra game, Roger- knowing damn
4: well it is. Like we're not stupid. Yeah, another 120 Listen, plays. Roger Goodell team. does not have. You can say what you want. Roger Goodell has the interest of the owners at hand first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then yes, the does. players. If if it is even the players, it's all about the owners. Mm-hmm. And right. the owners want to get paid. They well, want to maximize their dollars, which I don't have a problem with, right. at, and sometimes at the expense of the players.
3: It's about they the owners, do. and it's also about saving money, even if Roger Goodell himself is pocketing quite a good bit of chump change. And that leads to the other big topic that came up, among others, in this State of the Union yesterday, or State of the League, I should say, which was when he was asked about yeah. officiating, Roger Goodell yeah. said, quote, when you look at officiating, I don't think it's been, ever been better in the league. Yes, they are not perfect, and officiating never will be. Now, I agree because, listen, it is, you know, the human error is part of the game. I respect that. But here's where I have issues. There are only 20 full-time, I believe it's 23 now, 23 full-time officials. The NFL doesn't want to pay officials to be full-time. they
5: haven't forever. The
3: NBA is full-time. The NHL is full-time. Major League Baseball, the umpires are full-time. And so that is probably part of where a lot of the discrepancies that we see one officiating crew to another exist, but and he feels that it's perfect, which is another way of him saying, well, I'm not going to pay them to be full-time and actually have certain you know standards across the board yeah, so therefore I, you know everything's fine I almost well,
4: when you get when you you pay half you, when you pay half mm-hmm. you get half ass mm-hmm. you have price you get half ass. Mm-hmm. So so you can't tell me that this officiating team uh, has done an over-adequate job that he's been stating in his presser.
5: I love that. I might want to write that one down. That was good because, honestly, that's probably you know, the, the reality of it. The thing is, is he is probably using it as an excuse. Mm-hmm. He's using it as an excuse. But here's the other part of this. And this is just the game. This goes back to what you said before. There is no safe cigarette. It is a violent game. It is a haul-butt game. It is hard to see everything be in position. We get the benefit of seeing the replay. They don't. And I'm not sympathetic to the officials, but it is not an easy job. And so they miss call after call after call. I I, I almost expect
1: it. They're avoiding 270-pound men that can run 4.840s, too. (laughs) They might be doing that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
5: It's just it's not an easy game to officiate. It it just isn't. And I don't know that they could. Doesn't mean you can't say it. Okay, okay. All right but see, here's the basic question if they are full time and I love Leon's line you know half you know but if they are full time are we getting better officiating i
4: guess is my question
5: i don't i don't know that we will
4: mm, maybe not
5: because because they know all the <laughs> rules they know all the calls they know where to be position wise all that stuff i just don't know that we're going to get a better officiated game well, now I, when it comes to the instant replay don't blow it that 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 I'm I'm you know, happy to say they could improve that. Well, would like, you like to see
6: more replay used right. for penalties? No. Okay. No. It's so dang slow now. I'm glad you said that, but a lot yeah. of people feel
5: differently. The right. previous play is under review. They
6: want a sky
1: yeah. judge or whatever. Uh, nah, I don't want that.
3: Right. No. And I think, like you don't I said, want
1: that? All, no. You don't want like a in the ball. See, Matt does. I don't need. To you don't want to in the ball and a line at the goal line. No, I don't need to get everything right.
3: Like no. I said off that's the top, that's different. Though. Though. I, think, I definitely want that. I think yeah, the human error is part of the game. We see it in baseball, unless we want to get into the discussion of robot umpires, yeah. because there which are a lot coming. of people who also want that. Yeah. I don't
1: want AI, I just want the goal line for yeah. touchdowns, that's which coming. is really that's important. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. I I, agree I want with. the transmitter on yeah. the ball, you know, and the
5: I, line at the goal yeah, line. Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that when I do crack up sometimes at the fact that they don't have, they have all these other cameras and they don't have the overhead shot right over the top. They're getting there, they're doing some of them. They have one side where they have the goal line line, but they don't have it on the other side. Why, and why, so why is that, kind of by the funny. way?
1: Why do you not have both because, goal
5: lines? Because I think it goes to it, it, it leads to more discussion, more attention, more everything. Was he in? Was he not in? It, it, it's just so. Any attention is good attention is what you're yeah. saying. Well, I, I just. The
6: old Roy Kramer I think it's life. just incompetence.
5: It, it, it easily could be, but look how many cameras they have. They can't be that incompetent. They want this stuff. To be talked about. I I don't
6: don't even care about the camera angles, but if tennis can do Hawkeye technology for the balls being out or in, how come the NFL, a bazillion dollar. I think the NFL just chooses not
3: to. Right. That's what I'm saying. Just like paying the officials. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I wish I, I had mean, an the answer. officials
6: do get paid well. They're all yeah. like I, the lowest you can get paid. I think is
5: in the six figures. Yeah, right. th- it is not a bad gig. But
3: it's not a full time position where yeah. you would have to attend certain training and okay, they would then have go to back to universal. that question.
5: Do you think it would be better officiated no, if they were? Full-time. I don't because I think human yeah. error
3: would still be yeah. a part of the game. Yeah. But I think it would be curious to see if you at least saw incremental mm-hmm. increases. And, and,
5: and they definitely have younged it up. Okay, they've tried to uh, push some of the old birds out uh, with apologies to the old birds. They just they have because there are some that call way too many uh, – or throw way too many flags, call way too many penalties. Reason. And they definitely have lowered the age, and they've mixed it up. They have females. Last year we had the first female that was uh, official in a Super Bowl, so.
4: Well, the reason why I, I think that the probably the NFL doesn't want the, the referees to be full-time because they don't want to create a union. have Maybe. to collectively bargain with Well, them. They,
6: they already them. do, right? Yeah. Remember um, they went on but, strike a, yeah, uh, about but, 10 years yeah, ago? Yeah,
4: but then they they can just – Bringing another slew of guys, And they were terrible. Yeah, remember so that was, that Monday was, Night Football exactly, game? Exactly. That's Seattle what I'm saying. Seattle versus a Bay. That's why there's even more the reason Mary. why they should have play, pay them full time, so they can have a union, so they can keep the quality guys there. Yeah. Because when they brought in the the, the what's it called scab yeah. refs, they were horrible.
5: Yeah, it's so funny because it, the fail Mary was a great moment. They ended up in oh, the film right way oh and they God. said, uh, "Let's fix this right now." Uh, but again, we've drifted back. But also,
6: that. the union goes and does the opposite like it helps keep these old guys who suck in a mm-hmm. job for yeah. years even though they don't deserve to have the job
5: right unions you, can be exactly you see it mm-hmm. in baseball with in these umpires
6: different- forever like yeah angel hernandez has been one of the worst umpires in baseball for 20 plus years he's still there because he they have a strong union i was gonna bring
3: up greg
5: and all those guys forever
3: i was gonna bring up the new jersey education system as another example but i will i will refrain from that one jj there you go there you go a couple other topics from roger Goodell's state of the union we're going to get to in the one o'clock hour because we are going to say hello to amon green coming up at 1 p.m another one of leon's legends keep those Dip suggestions. What are you going to be serving up for the Super Bowl? What is your favorite dip to dip chips or bread or veggies or non? If you're if you're if you're John LaSelva Jr. in, make sure you hit up the text line six four one ten ten. Designed by Lifetime Enclosures, as well as talk about a big three that didn't live up to expectations. It's safe to say that Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden did not live up to expectations in Brooklyn. Do you have any others in the wide world of sports that did not live up to the hype? It's XL Primetime.
2: No. (laughs) Another interview on the Farrah & Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah & Farrah.
5: We say hello to one of Leon's legends, a guy that when you saw him coming out of the backfield, you had to deal with him. Amon Green joins us on XL Primetime. Welcome in, Amon. How are you?
8: I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys doing? Uh,
5: Doing outstanding. Uh, Super Bowl week. Uh, uh, Do you get fired up at the end of uh, NFL seasons uh, to look forward to this big game?
8: Uh, For sure. I'm a a sports fan. So any Super Bowl, World Championship, NBA, WNBA, Major League Baseball, I get a little hyped for because I've been as a kid. I grew up watching all the championships and watching like the Olympics, things like that. So, grew up in a sports family, so I'd like to keep tabs on everything.
4: Ahmad, thanks for coming on the show. Ahmad, two-time national champion, four-time Pro Bowler, and Green Bay Packer Hall of Famer. By That's the way, good. That's I'm good. going to give you the correct Appreciate intro. That, Leo. No problem. <laughs> absolutely. Make sure I want to give you the proper intro. Now, this game coming up Sunday. I, mean, I, I how do you see the matchups? Uh, yeah, I mean, you got one. You got the, the amazing Patrick Mahomes on one side. You, you know, you've got a, a guy like Jalen Hurst who's come along and who's blossomed into a superstar. Do you think it's going to be the quarterbacks' matchups? Is going to that's going to pan out? The determination or who wins, or do you see something else coming to
8: come to I, drift? I say it's going to be a little bit of both. So the quarterbacks will have their say. So you know, Jalen has done a really good job of uh, you know managing his his gameplay, knowing that, you know, I'm not saying he's a game manager, but he showed his talent with his legs, having almost 1,000 yards rushing, I think we're at over 700, along with uh, Game, game Real and uh, Sanders, I believe, Bart Scott as well, running the ball. So that is their strong point is the run game. And then when he has the big throws, he makes them count. And so he's done a great job getting the ball to A.J. Um, from uh, that they got from Tennessee. So with that, between him and Mahomes, so it's basically – it's going to I say it's going to go down to the big guys up front you know offensive line defensive line cuz we saw in the last few games especially for Kansas City you know uh, Chris Ford, uh, Chris uh, came in the middle was dominating um the defense or the offensive tackles for Jacksonville and uh, on Philly's defense you saw how their D line is rotating in very well they have a um, young D line and they're aggressive and they they push the ball they push the I say the line of scrimmage they reset it once that snap is uh happened so Pat Mahomes hopefully that ankle heals up, I said that's the only factor that can, you know, make the difference in the game. If he can't do much, you know, he we know he's going to be healed up a little bit better, but let's see how much he's going to be full healthy to basically run around, buy time for himself, and complete passes like he usually does because we know both of them, you know, Jalen has the shoulder, uh, Pat Mahomes has the ankle, so it's going to be a flip of the coin of who stays healthy, you know, if they get they don't get tackled or whatever and get hurt, and then it will be – it may be, you know, for the Philadelphia Eagles, it may be something like the 49ers game. But if not, if both quarterbacks stay healthy, we're going to be in for one hell of a game.
3: Former All-Pro running back Amon Green joining us on the Fair and of Fair phone line. Amon, you played not only at Nebraska in an age where running the ball and playing great defense was so critical to your success in the college ranks, but also we're now in an era where it is a quarterback-driven league, not that it wasn't before, but especially now. As a former running back, what is it like for you seeing the way the game has evolved?
8: Um, it, it's a little, a little frustrating because I'm not used to. I don't like the running back by committee, but I know how some offenses, head coaches, uh, offensive coordinators, they like that because uh, I say a teams like it, then they're not worried about paying a big running back, big money, towards toward the end of the season. You know, some teams still still lean on that, like a, like a Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry, um, like back not too long ago when Marshawn was with the Seahawks. So you know, running backs that. That from my time, we we got used to that, so we know there was the lead dog basically, and then two other pups behind him ready to go. But that was just for rotation to give him a breather, whoever that starter was. But with now, when you have a team that has a you know decisive number one back, then it's, it's clear cut of who it is, and it kind of makes it easier. Um, I say on the offense, uh, I say on the running backs in the room because then they know who's going to get their time, you know, who's going to get majority of time of the line share of carries, and then who's not and then it just helps the other team, you know, other rest of the team know where the ball is going to go in terms of wide receivers and what have you. So, But it's something where you got to remember that the run game is, a, is, is going to be part of that offense. You cannot go away from it. But sometimes when you have that running back by committee, you don't get the running backs in a rhythm with their offensive line to the run fits where they can see the holes and see the gaps that they need to hit. So sometimes you want to make sure you get a running back in a rhythm before you pass it off to another running back in the backfield.
1: So, Amon Aaron Rodgers has yet to uh, begin his his dark room retreat. Um when he comes back, what do you see the immediate future of him if he leaves and the Packers if that happens?
8: Uh well, well yeah, if he leaves, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see. It's going to be Jordan Love's show and then whoever they draft in the 2023 draft. And that team is going to definitely be in rebuilding mode because now you got a new quarterback and as we know in the last 20 30 years, the two quarterbacks that that have been the starters for the Packers or organization during that time. You know, I played with Brett, and it's a quarterback-led team in terms of that standpoint. So it's going to be a good, an interesting rebuilding time for the team. Defensively, uh, they got a lot of pieces in place. They get Rashard Gary back from the ACL. Um, Adrian Amos, he's up as a free agent, but it'll be good to bring him back. So they'll be basically rebuilding again, and may have another another rough year if Aaron decides to move on either into retirement. Or go to, you know, somewhere like the Raiders maybe or the 49ers, a place where that's home for him in terms of being on the West Coast. So it, it, it it's gonna be very interesting when that time comes.
1: Can he win another Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers?
8: Uh definitely. I believe he has. He he still has the ability to throw the ball, buy time for himself in the pocket. He just gotta be around the right have have the right pieces in place for you know for him. Running back, offensive line and wide receivers.
5: And he's got to get off the psychedelics. I don't know.
8: I don't know. Amon. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the defense as well. And the defense as well. Yeah. It's it's, a, lot, a lot goes on into winning games. We know that. Leon knows that.
5: So. It's so funny, though, Amon, mm-hmm. just to stay on the Packers just for a second, because like you said, you played with Brett. And then you came back. Um, like, Brett was still the starter when Aaron Rodgers was drafted, but then you came back one more year in 09. The Did you see this type of personality from Aaron Rodgers? Because he's just become a different cat over the last, what, two or three offseasons.
8: Yeah, he's just growing. No, I didn't see that, obviously, in, uh, i say, 05 and then 09 when I came back. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't see that coming. Um, but he. every person is different. Every person has a different experience in the NFL, be it good or bad. And through his time, I remember his days with uh Brett in the locker room, and he was a young guy, and he was getting, you know, Brett was adjusting to Aaron. They were really good teammates to one another. But every now and then you see the age gap where he was, I remember one time Brett was like, man, what, what? – take off some headphones, man, pay attention. So you're thinking that he's not listening because he has the headphones on, and that's something a lot of kids do today, you know. So it was just a generational thing, but it was not, it was all love in terms of teammates, in terms of helping guys, you know, a mold, get molded into a, becoming a professional quarterback. So and then when I got back in 09, I just saw more of the leadership of Aaron, you know, taking over the helm. He had been a quarterback, starting quarterback for two years at that time from um, 2008, 2009. So even then, towards the end of that season, the way we lost that playoff game to Arizona, I think it was like 54 to 53, some crazy score. Yeah. But I knew then in that locker room from not only Aaron, but like people like Clay Matthews and other positions. I'm like, this team is going to be built for the Super Bowl. And I, and that's why I was like, I, was, I went to Ted Thompson right away. I think before we got on the bus, I said, hey, Ted, can you, can you bring me back? Because this, this team is something special. I can feel it right now. And I called it because the next year that was that team that won the 2020, 2010 Super Bowl in Dallas against the Pittsburgh Steelers.
4: Now man I know throughout your career you you probably been the hunter and the hunted. All right. Now here in Jacksonville we got a relatively young team. Trevor Lawrence yep. has actually blossomed into one of the elite quarterbacks in the league. And all last year, you know, we had a phenomenal run where this team was yep. the was the hunter. They were knocking off teams that otherwise were favored over them. Going into this year, they're going to be favored in a lot of these games and a lot of these positions and being the hunted. What what is the different mindset of a player or a team, when you're one time you're the hunter and then the other time you're the hunted.
8: Yeah, the the hunter is a person that plans has their game planned together from a, from the top to down. So that means from the coaching staff to the assistants to the players. they are, everybody know everybody's on the same page, and they know they got to come for every game. They're looking at every game. They're targeting that team. That team is not targeting. That team could be targeting them, but they're. I'm not, they're they're just playing on what they need to do. They're playing their game. They're determining where the ball goes offensively, defensively. That defense is going to make that offense adjust to them, and not the opposite, other or, or way around. And they control the whole pattern of the game. So that's the team that's the hunter. And I saw that, and I love what uh, my old teammate Doug Peterson is doing. We call him Dougie Fresh in our locker room because <laughs> he was just he was just he was just a, was just a chill guy. Always wanted his uh, he was always uh, into getting his little ice cream cone on the night before the games, you know, get him a bowl of ice cream and chill out. So we just call him Dougie Fresh off of that. So he's done a fantastic job. And I see him being a former quarterback and just being a former player in general and able to get to Travis or, or Trevor Lawrence and under get him to, like, you could tell he's understanding the coaching process, development process of a quarterback in the NFL. And as we know, Leon, quarterbacks in the NFL take time to mature and if they don't have that time, if they're pushed into a situation like Trevor was his his rookie year, like he's got to start, he has to play, and hopefully he's the saver on the franchise, that's not realistic. That's putting way too much pressure on him. And so this past year, Doug came in, and you could see where Trevor was comfortable making throws. We already know he has the physical. We saw him play at Clemson, saw him at the combine. I mean, I saw him back in high school at a Nike camp that I did in North Carolina years yeah. ago. So I knew then. I'm like, God, this kid's already like – well, over six feet and, and just has the posture, has the size, but now is it make sure the mental comes into it. And now you see his mental coming in. So he gained a lot of ground this season with Doug Peterson being the head coach for the Jaguars.
3: A couple more for Amon Green on the Farron Farrah phone line. Since you opened that can of worms, number one, we got to get a good Doug story from your time together in Green Bay. But also, Amon, like you are far from the only former Packer, former teammate of Doug's that when we've had them on primetime, they just they start gushing about what Doug was like as a teammate. So give us a story either quirky or something that really signified who Doug was in that locker room in the early 2000s.
8: Oh man, I'll start with a I say just one like a leadership role part is uh, I remember we were playing the Redskin or Washington the commander excuse me on uh, Monday night football or Sunday night football and his game where Brett actually got hurt. And everybody in the stadium, including myself, were like, oh, my God. And so he didn't finish the game. He left the game. And Doug Peterson came in. And, you know, Dougie Fresh came in. And I was just like, he came in the huddle. He's like, A.G. Hey, he said, don't worry about it. We're good. You know, I'm going to do this and that. And I'm like, basically, I got to just give you the ball the rest of the game. I'm like, oh, okay. I was I was worried because, you know, Brett's out. I was like, mom, you know, I'm, I'm upset about that because I rarely didn't want to give up sacks being in that backfield. So he knew I was thinking about that. He could see my face. So he took my mind. He kind of, you know, cracking that little joke, you know, got me back kind of focused to say, hey, man, I'm just giving you the ball the rest of the game. So you don't even have to worry about picking up no blitz. So I'm like, oh, okay, there you go. Thanks. I appreciate that. And so um another time, though, it was like 03, he actually helped me out with some with some information he gave me. because uh, So if you know, and Leon knows this, quarterbacks have sometimes way too much time in their hands, so they get bored. And so <laughs> between Brett and Doug, they were the practical jokers on the squad. And one time Brett got me. Got Doug, uh, Craig. noll was one of our backups. Donald Driver, and I think he got like uh, Santana or uh, G- uh, Gilbert Brown with this practical joke. Basically, long story short of it, I found out. Doug came to my locker. He said, "Hey, G, has your practice gear been smelling like uh, like like mildew or whatever?" And you know, from uh, from laundry. I'm like, yeah. You know what? I just thought the guys were forgetting to put the clothes in the line, la- you know, in the dryer. Back in there, put you know, in the game manager stuff in the area. I mean, he's like, No, no, no. He said, Do you hunt? I was like, No, man, I don't hunt. He said, Well, when hunters go out, they get the doe urine of the deer and put around the, the blind um, when they're hunting so they can attract the doe, the deer, towards their, their, their blind so they could, you know, get a better shot. And I'm like, What? I'm like, Dry doe urine? He's like, Yeah. So it smells like mildew. So I just want to know, let you know that. Brett's been sprinkling on your laundry bag, my laundry bag, Craig knows laundry bag, and yours, and Donald and a few other guys. Ha, ha, ha. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I was like, really? I was like, okay, yeah, y'all got too much time on your hands. I say, Doug, appreciate the information. You know, I still owe Brett for that, by the way, so I haven't gotten him back for that yet.
1: Hey, Mom, before we let you go, um, Matt rules at Nebraska now. What are your thoughts on him getting there and how he's quickly uh, turned things there?
8: Um. It still is. it's not going to be quickly. It's going to take some time, um, but off to a good step. I know he's been recruiting a lot of schools in our area. He actually was at my high school a couple of weeks ago. I heard through the grapevine. So I'm happy to hear that because that's where a lot of, you know, a lot of good athletes out of my high school, not just um, um, beating the drum there, but we are always put out high school um, athletes from football, baseball, basketball, women's sports as well. So I'm glad he's there knocking on the door. So, his, from his background, knowing what he did at Baylor, knowing what he did at Temple, I know he had a rough time in North Carolina. That transition is always tough for a college court, uh, a head coach. But you know, so I'm not going, you know, kind of let that determine what's going to happen here in Nebraska because that's college to pro, and Leon knows what I'm talking about. It's a completely different world dealing with grown men to dealing with kids that are still growing up and developing into uh, adults. So I believe he understands how to how to talk to the kids and get them to buy in to his his philosophy. And then that coaching staff philosophy, and once he gets that, he got to line it up with some of the little, some of the tradition around here. And I think you got to do that at the college football level, or college sports level, is even if you're not a coach that grow grew up in this program, you got to at least do a, do your research and look at the history of a college program to see what was it in the past that made that program great if the program was great back in the day, like our program here at Nebraska. So I hope he does a little research to say and make it into his own, but still has the tradition of what we, how we looked at football and look, how we looked at sports here at the University of Nebraska.
5: Yeah, you, you made Jaguar fans smile earlier, but before you go, you might just want to gig the Gator just a little bit because this last national championship game was the largest margin of victory uh, for Georgia over TCU. And it beat the record that Nebraska had over Florida back in 1995. That one was an absolute beat down. The joke here, uh, I'm on, is Tommy Frazier's still running. He hadn't been tackled. How, how big was <laughs> were those moments back then in, in Nebraska? You guys were winning natties and beating butt.
8: Yeah, it was was huge because you got to look at Nebraska. We're essentially located in the United States. We have no pro team within the state. You're either a Kansas City Chiefs fan a Bears fan, a Broncos, or a, a Colorado Rockies fan, or a Vikings fan, football-wise. And then Cubs, White Sox, Royals, you know. So there's really no allegiance to a pro team. So when we were playing at that time, even before I got on campus, Nebraska Cornhusker football was it. So if you've done anything, you're, you know, Big 12, Big 8, newcomer of the year, or, you know, national title, or national championship, a ring holder, any person that, that you know, in those games, in those years, you were you were looked up to. It was pretty serious here for fans to have that. And as a player, you you had to be aware of that, and, you know, and carry yourself in a certain way.
4: Well, y'all got Florida, but uh, Miami took out to the fourth quarter. I think you remember that, don't you? Yeah,
8: yeah, oh, yeah. I wasn't here yet, so. It <laughs> oh, well, you
4: weren't there? Problem. Okay, all right, I'll let you, I'll let you pass yeah.
8: on that one. That's okay, yep, no problem.
4: <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, uh, appreciate you coming on the show, man.
8: Man, no problem. Thanks for having me. I'll, I'll do it anytime. Let me know because I love to uh, talk about Dougie Fresh doing what he's doing down there. I'm I'm, exci- I'm very excited for him and those uh, Duval County because I know that's going to, a- y'all been waiting for some good football yeah. coming out of Jacksonville yeah. for the Jaguars for a long time. Oh,
4: yeah. And you know what? It's funny you call him Dougie Fresh because that's the first thing I called him when we signed
5: him. Yep. Yeah.
8: Yep. That was, yeah, that was our nickname from literally from the time I got on the team. He was already on the team when I got here in 2000, and we were calling him. Like I heard all the guys calling him that, too. I say like, that makes sense because he was chill, he was a cool guy, mm-hmm. always helping out and make sure he had a, he always give us a nice little screen pass too yeah. during a, a screen drill, so that was always nice as a running back.
3: Amon, yeah. I am curious though, you did say the ice cream, the ice cream has long existed even before Doug was a coach, so I mean, is he bringing some for the rest of you guys? What what sort of flavors was he was he eating back in the day?
8: No, he was just yeah with this basic vanilla ice cream, either cone or bowl. Yeah, the, and Leon knows when we have our we have our last team meeting. There's a snack after the team meeting, mm-hmm. and snacks could be there's a you could grab another <laughs> burger, some chicken wings, or a chicken breast sandwich, or make you a salad or some soup. And then they have the chocolate chip cookies, oatmeal cookies, chocolate ice cream, vanilla ice cream, and if you want to make a, a a shake out of it, you could do that too. So he will always go for the the cone ice cream or a bowl of ice cream. Get a couple scoops with some peanuts and uh, chocolate syrup on top, and. <laughs> That was the thing every game, you know. That's awesome.
4: Appreciate you, Mom. Thanks for coming on, bro. Hey,
8: you're welcome. No problem.
5: That's great. That is cool. Listen, uh, I can remember him. He was a fantasy football, highly drafted dude. And you go back to that 1995, he had the freshman rushing record for Nebraska. Now, he didn't run all over Florida. He just got to run all over Florida after Tommy Frazier ran all over Florida.
3: I liked what he said, though, when Matt asked about Nebraska, how it's not going to be turned around overnight. Like, he obviously knows because he's around the game. But I think that even people on the ground in Lincoln – recognize. And I think a big reason why is because Amon is from Omaha and he knows that the backs of those national championship team or excuse me, those national championship teams were built on the backs of the walk-on program in mm-hmm. Nebraska, which has just been decimated over the past decade. That's what the real deep rooted reason why it's going to take a little bit of time for them to turn it around, not in a different situation in a different light than what Florida State has seen under Mike Norvell over the past three yeah. years. I
5: mean, it was that part of it was really good, but they just had so many good players, too. Yeah, they had they,
1: Christian Peters yeah, and Jason Peters and so Tommy Fray. Fray. But good. also, like Lawrence you said,
3: Phillips. they had good dudes in the trenches yeah. that they were bringing in, and not and to mention, like he said, as black a, shirt. And, a yeah. kid growing up in Nebraska wanted Anel to Farley. go play at Nebraska. Yeah. I don't know if that happens now.
5: Yeah, they can't recruit him now. They, no, well, they
1: can't. The thing is, is they can't. Get to LA like they used to be able to. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because USC and UCLA were down during that time. Yeah. So they would just go in LA and just pluck those guys right out of right. there and bring them to a winner. Yeah. And, and, and they can't do. They used to go to New Jersey and get all those the the Peters brothers are from New Jersey. Yeah. They don't get those kids anymore. Yeah. So that's it's it's different now. They can't nationally recruit like they used to. No, nope, no. Nope. And and who knows whether they'll be able to restore it or not. All
5: right. Uh, we're gonna get another story from Sirs, Super Bowl related. Don't forget, Coach Campos has got a Super Bowl MVP and Larry Brown coming up in just a little bit. It's XL Prime Time.
2: This is XL Prime Time, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool. On 1010 XL.
3: 29 minutes past the one o'clock hour. Our thanks again, once to our thanks once again. Excuse me. Wow, ready for the weekend, are we? Amon Green, all-pro running back with the Green Bay Packers in the early 2000s, for joining us on a variety of topics. Of course, you can catch XL Primetime on demand wherever you get your 1010XL shows and podcasts. So if you want to listen back to that interview and take a take a gander down memory road of his time with Doug Peterson in Green Bay, some great stories from him. Our thanks again to Leon for setting that one up. Let's quick pivot before we send Leon off for the day into the basketball ranks, into the basketball world. The Florida Gators, as J.J. LaSelva just put it so eloquently during our break, smoked by number three Alabama last night in Tuscaloosa. I want to give you, Josie, I, I want to give you some national rankings for Todd Golden's Gator basketball team.
5: They, they can't be pretty.
3: In field goal attempts, they are 216th. Yeah. In field goal percentage, they are 253rd. In three-point shooting percentage, they are 273rd. In offensive rebounding, they are 306th. It's ridiculous.
6: How many teams is there?
3: There's three 300, fifteen. Yeah. At least they're 185th in points per game.
5: It, it, honestly, it, it, like you can get that little bit of hope when you pull off a, a stunner at home against Tennessee and then you stay in a game against Kentucky and unranked Kentucky and then you get to back to royalty and on the road in the sec it ain't easy and and yeah they got pants housed embarrassed uh you know any number of ways that's for sure
3: 97 69 the final from tuscaloosa last night and listen that's a great alabama team they are the anti-florida they score in bunches they they... have the length to do so i mean florida's trying to flow its offense through colin castleton and when he gets clogged up because they got three dudes that are six eight or higher or taller excuse me yeah it's not going to be a recipe for success
5: they got three of him that are one and a half times bigger and more physical than he is. That's just, uh, unfortunately, well, the way it is. They also have
1: shooters, but, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They guys that can
5: shoot. Yeah, their best yeah. shooter
3: from a year ago is their sixth man now. Yeah. That's all you need to know.
5: Yeah, it's something else. But Nate Oates
3: so. came down from Buffalo, for what mm-hmm. it's worth, and yeah. he was able to turn that Alabama program around quick, quickly. Yeah, he so is a good coach. I know we've talked a lot this week about, you know, how long is your leash on Billy Napier. How long is your leash on Todd Golden, and how warm do you does the seat feel if you're Scott Strickland with both of those guys yeah, kind of struggling a little bit? That's the
5: one guy that I'd be looking at right now, the AD. Has, uh, he's got to make, sh- make sure that he can turn the corner on some of these, that's for sure. All right, Big Sur, uh, it's <clears throat> Thursday, yeah. Super Bowl week. Before you leave, give us a Thursday. Thursday
4: Super Bowl week? Well, our Thursday Super Bowl week uh, for me was um, I remember how it, it was made so easy for me to hate the Cowboys. And mm-hmm. here's the reason why uh, we're going to practice. As one of our We're on the bus. We're going towards our field uh, to practice and stuff like that. And uh, there's, um, in the, in the Wii, down the road, maybe about 10, 20 miles, there's a helicopter, two helicopters, actually, and they've got this star. It had to be about a 10-story star. 10-story star, and they're putting the star on the freaking side of uh, the mountain or hill or whatever. A mountain. A mountain, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they, it's like a 10-story star. Blue star, and they're putting it on the – and we're seeing it. Still, is, we're seeing the actual star being put on the mound mm-hmm. while we're about going to practice. Mm-hmm. So you can only imagine what kind of intensity we had in practice, whatever. We had a great practice, whatever. And we were just saying to ourselves, you know, the, the glamour and glitz of being a cowboy, we're going to – man, we're going to put it to him. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna run the ball. We're going to do whatever. It, got motivated by that We got start. motivated by that star, absolutely. And then that Thursday night, what happens is uh, you pack your bag. All right, you pack because you know I, I can't. You pack your bag and we go to another hotel. Yeah, all right, well, that's what we did as We you left your wife or whoever you was with. You packed your bag for that weekend. I mean, serious. No, no, no. Yeah, we packed our bag and we went to an isolated hotel where there yep. was no media or anybody knew where we were. Now I can only imagine that trying to pull that off now in this day and age with social media, they find you. They'll find you. But we we wanted to be we wanted no distractions going into the Like weekend. Aaron Rodgers, you go on, like asked? Scottsdale somewhere. Yeah. I, I don't know. unless hey, I have. To, if I tell they you, went all if the I way tell you, I have Tucson. to kill. You went all the
3: way to Tucson. I have
4: no idea where we went, but I just know that it was just us, training staff, film, weight room, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, and nobody followed us, I guess, allegedly.
1: Did that help you guys get fired up? Because uh, well, star listen, we all
4: know that we all know the outcome of the game. <laughs> <laughs> but still. we all know the outcome of the game, so it didn't matter.
5: But it, it still boils down to one guy throwing to it to that, that other map. guy. We know that. We yes. definitely know that. that. You you guys probably had a lot of other things figured out. That's for sure. All right, big to Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right. All right. He heads out. All right, uh, we're gonna,
3: we're gonna tr- talk to that guy too. Later yeah. To oh him. yeah.
5: Larry Brown yep. will be a Your special tormentor. guest of Dave Campo in the two o'clock hour. So coach will be rolling in Apple here. Covered. Uh, and he will be fired up I don't to lose yeah. some of those yeah, S- yeah. Super Bowl yeah. stories, and he will have one of his one of his guys, Larry Brown, on. Hey, now, quick! Uh, before
3: mm-hmm. we hit the break, yeah. let's truly span the entire sports world in one segment because mm-hmm. JJ, we got some Players Championship.
5: This is what they giveaways
3: rolling on in.
6: Absolutely, we have a pair of tickets to the Players Championship Military Appreciation Concert that is Tuesday, March seventh. Plus $15 to V Pizza, V's Pizza, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. Um, so when you hear Riley Green during the show, who will be performing at the concert, give me a call at 641 1010.
7: man's truck could even run like that. Should know better than to take that curves.
2: XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL.
3: Coach Campo in the house going to be joining us coming up in the 2 o'clock hour with a very special guest, his former player Larry Brown, coming on XL Primetime, coming up at 2 o'clock. Leon, off for the day, and our thanks again to Amon Green for joining us here in the 1 o'clock hour. Uh, something tells me if you're hearing Riley Green over your radio speakers right now, uh, you may want to give JJ, DJ, DJ, JJ, I should say, a call then uh, because, you know, maybe maybe may something cool that you could win possibly in case you were listening in the last segment. Uh, we're keeping chabs on the NBA trade deadline coming up at 3 o'clock today. The news of the day, of course, that Kevin Durant is on the move to the Phoenix Suns. The big three in Brooklyn is no more. What a week for the city of Phoenix. A so Super Bowl The Waste Management Open, and now Kevin Durant headed to the Suns, who will be looking to make the NBA Finals for the second time in three seasons. I'm seeing a lot of the reporters' boots on the ground in Phoenix, though, Matt. And uh, I'm glad I'm already eating my salad and trying to be healthy for lunch because I'm seeing the in-and-out. I'm seeing the tacos. As we're talking about, what's your favorite Super Bowl dip? They got me feeling hungry out here.
1: I'm always hungry. I'm over here with the yogurt and the... Blueberries and the oatmeal. and There's a place out in, in uh, Scottsdale. It's like this little little shack. It's called Teepee. Mm-hmm. It's this Mexican food that's just might be the best in the United States. Honestly. Yeah. Well, Phenomenal. It's just, yeah, just like a little shack, and it's so good.
5: It's a come-together place of so many different uh, flavors, tastes, culture. When I was there, we and by the way, we were there when there was a Super Bowl and the waste management and all that stuff was going on, so it was All kinds of fun, and then out there for the national championship as well. And so, that place has just grown massively. Uh, You know, ridiculous. Coach will tell the story, but but in Tempe is where that Super Bowl was at, and that was the stadium there. Okay, and then obviously Glendale said we're going to create something on the other side of Phoenix, and and now uh, Tempe. Glendale wasn't even—I
1: don't even know what Glendale was back then.
5: It didn't exist. It was a piece of. It was where Walter White and Jesse went to Cook. I actually, I okay? actually think it was unincorporated that, back then, seriously. That, that, that's where they went to Cook, honestly. It wasn't Albuquerque. <laughs> it was Glendale uh, because you could just go out there and someone would hit you over the head and they'd never find you. Uh,
1: but, yeah, I mean, once you got outside Phoenix, honestly, yeah. it's there was not much.
5: Yeah, and it was a massive uh, creation. It really
1: was. All right, so I want to get some more prop
5: bets in. If we can, JJ, we'll, we'll hit the phones at – 6-4-1-10-10, ten, ten, and we'll get a couple more prop bets in because we got coach in the 2 o'clock hour. So if you want to do Super Bowl props, you've got to get both of them right. 6-4-1-10-10, ten, ten. we'll jump in on it. But I wanted to throw these numbers at you all. Uh, I mentioned before, Pat Mahomes' record on the road in the playoffs is what? Uh, it's 0-0 zero and zero because he has never played, played on the road. the road. All of his games have been played at home. This is the other one that just goes. By the way, that's got
1: to change next year. Yeah, yeah, you're that's right. That's got to come next here. Year. It's got to right. come here.
5: But that's what it is. Is they've they've been good enough to make sure. And, and and the Buffalo Bills had it in front of them. The Cincinnati Bengals had it in front of them. We all know what happened. It it it. I don't know whether the storyline would have changed, but
1: well, in they- every sport, that's where it is. You You've yeah. got to get over that road hump. You have to. Jordan yeah. had it with the with the Pistons. Same yeah. thing. You exactly. got to get home advantage to where it's beneficial to yeah. you. Do. But
5: the one thing that is this pairs up, obviously, with the other one, that he has not lost a playoff road game, he has never been an underdog. That's unreal. He's never been an underdog in the postseason. This is the first time for him, and people will immediately say, wait a minute, against Cincinnati. No. The line swung back to Kansas City against Cincinnati. The only reason they were an underdog early in the week was because of the ankle. Once they saw him out moving around, they moved him back to a point favorite. So he has never been. And so when the Super Bowl, this is uh let's see here. Go back over time, fifteen straight Super Bowls where the line has been a score or less. Okay? A score or less. Against the spread. The favorites are four and nine. Wow. Mm. I'm kind of surprised by that. Um and then six and seven overall.
1: You're wait, you're surprised that when it's a score or less the favorites are four and nine? Yeah. See, I'm not. That means it's a, it's a basically a close game. Well yeah. And then
5: I think New England in a pick 'em situation ended up uh winning the game. But though, you know, it doesn't And this it,
1: one is what, one and a half right now?
5: Yeah. Yeah, one and a half. One and a half. All right. Let's see if we can get a couple more in on with our Super Bowl prop bets. We go into the Props closet, we find whatever we got. we got to make sure that you get two of yours right to get in the drawing. Let's get Jason on. Uh, Jason, you're on XL Primetime. How you doing, man? Good, good. Who you like? I like the Chiefs. You like the Chiefs? Now listen, I'm I may be judging you just by your voice, but are you a big man? Yes, sir. That's what I thought. I mean, I can read through the the the, the telephone line and I can tell you're a big man. So I'm gonna ask you this very basic question, one of your prop bets. Will there be a big man touchdown in the Super Bowl? Will there be an offensive tackle or defensive tackle to score a touchdown?
7: Uh, no, sir.
5: All right. All right. You're, you're probably playing the smart – you can't you can't make a lot of money of it, but that's probably the smart Chris Jones,
1: man. play.
5: All right. Now, let's get the next one for you, Jason. The last team to score. Who will it be?
9: Uh, the Eagles.
5: All right. You got the Eagles as the last team to score. Who do you got, by the way, winning this game? I got the Chiefs winning. Okay. All right. So you're saying that the Eagles will be, uh, you know, like kind of chasing down the Chiefs late and they get that, that score that really may not matter in the end. Okay. I got you. All right, man. Enjoy the game. You are in.
1: All right. Thanks, sir. All right. Couple- Jason's definitely playing the odds there, by the way. Yeah. The odds are no big man's going to go. Right. The odds are the Chiefs are going to win. It's going to be close. And yeah. that the odds are that. Eagles gonna be chasing. Even yeah.
5: though the Eagles are the favorite team. Let's you know.
1: All right, last team to score? Because we're gonna do our own prop
5: bets. Uh, lunch last is on team the line. To score.
3: Interesting. Ooh, lunch is on the line. I'm gonna say the last team to score is the Chiefs.
5: Okay. All right. So I'm just at least I'm just kind of quizzing you guys now because we'll have it on a sheet tomorrow. Eagles game winning drive. Yeah. All right. So oh. You got that. All right, let's get Wayne up next. Uh Wayne, you are on XL Prime. Not time. to be
3: confused with Paul Wayne. How's yeah. going?
5: What's going on, bud? How are you?
3: Uh, good, good.
5: All right, who do you like in this game? Billy. All right. All right. You got the Eagles. All right. So I'm going to ask you a simple one. Five total passing touchdowns between the two teams. Is it over or under that number? Five total passing touchdowns. Uh, I think
2: it'll be over.
5: All right. So you think there's going to be a lot of balls in the air, a lot of points scored. All right, Wayne, I've got you there. All right. Now I'm going to get you to the turnover department. Total turnovers in the game. Is it over or under two and a half? Bubby hunter. All right, so you think they're going to take care of the ball. All right, remember, you got to get both of your prop bets right. JJ and I will get in touch with you and get in that oh, props yeah. closet. I, I, I won it, it all a years ago. Yeah, all right, well, good. I see, I love that. Coming going back for, for some more winnings. I like that. Yep, confident. All right, Wayne, thank you, buddy. I mean, that's what you want. You want to get in there and you want to
1: win. It's a big get... number. It's a good line, though, five. Yeah. Yeah. Five is a big number, but I, I like it because it makes you think a little bit. Yeah, because Hurts can score on Hertz the Hurts can also just do, yeah, one one throw, two run, and they yeah. win You 27-24. Know,
5: like, uh, let's just uh, quiz the crew here. I like to look at player props. I like to look at touchdowns scored. I don't necessarily do the yardage all the time when it comes to player props. But Jalen Hurts probably drawing an okay number as far as getting in the end zone. Uh, Miles Sanders will be a low number. You'd have to bet. Right. You know, you're just not going to win a lot if right. you bet him. Uh, obscure, uh, like Boston Scott would probably mm-hmm. draw some decent odds. He seemingly gets in the end zone when you're not expecting. Kenneth Gainwell gets in the yeah, end zone when he's, you're not expecting.
3: Recently, too, he's really yeah. become a part of their offense yeah. way more than before.
5: Yeah, and so those would be ones. Devontae Smith would be one because most people are going to be betting on A.J. Brown. You get to the other side. There is no McCall Hardman, right? He's been 100% rolled out, I'm pretty sure. Hasn't he? I'm pretty sure he's on injured Uh, reserve. 100%? I think. I I have to go back and look. Yeah, Coach says, yes, that he's a scratch. He's no bueno. Uh, But you got the other ones. You know, Juju Smith was beaten up in that AFC championship game and is going to figure out the best way to to become available. But if you're looking at betting odds for the Chiefs, Kelsey's not going to be a great grab money-wise. But my man Paco will be. McKinnon and and Pacheco will be the guys that they'll probably try and sift through that Philadelphia, kind of combat that pass rush, get those running backs. What's the Kelsey? What's the over in Kelsey? I have to look him up. One and a half? Yeah. Um, No, it's probably a half. Yeah, it's probably a half. I have to look him up. Yeah. yeah,
6: but there's juice to it. I mean, I'm sure like a half, if you go over a half for Kelsey, it's probably like minus 130 or something like that. Yeah, I'm um, guessing, but I'm an expert at this. Right.
5: Thing. Yeah, exactly. We both are uh, semi experts. All right, here we go. Let me see if I can find.
6: By the way, Kelsey to be MVP, you can get like 11 to 1 odds. Oh, really? Which, That's if not it's bad. not going to be a quarterback, you would suspect that would probably be the guy. Maybe mm-hmm. A.J. Brown at 15 to 1.
5: All right, they set the national anthem, by the way, at 125 seconds. So they think old Chris Stapleton might just, you know, hang on one of those notes.
3: Yeah, my friend asked me that one yesterday. And like 125 seconds. Right, 125 they seconds. say <laughs> because they were like, because he's a country singer, yeah. like he they might li- do it quicker. Well, I said like his style would be to do it quicker. But,
5: but what no, think about it? Because no, he's, he's
1: he's got George Jones in him. He's gonna he's gonna it, elongate he's got those got the, three syllable that, words.
5: He's got that soulful sound. Yeah, he's, so he's got probably, George Jones in him. He's gonna yeah, extend it. He'll string all right, so the length of the word brave. Five
1: seconds.
5: <laughs>
6: you can bet on that. Five seconds. <laughs> that's outrageous.
5: And then this this one you'll get a kick out of, JJ. Number of planes during the flyover. Oh, three. Well, it was set at five, and somehow or another it's been leaked that it will be three. So See, you that's been, why
6: you have to watch out for these yeah. things, because there's always, like, a sound guy yep, or yep. – Somebody behind the scenes during rehearsal that's timing the national anthem, or that already knows what halftime songs will be played. So you always have to watch out. When you see something like that as a heavy favorite, that means it's going to happen. Exactly. Someone
5: knows. So we'll put one of the exotics out there tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but be thinking about it. Will any scoring drive take less than the national anthem length? So less than 205. Which I thought that that is fun. Yeah, I, I think would be. I think it'd probably be a pretty good bet. We're going to get yeah. a big play out of this, out oh, yeah, of this I game. I like that a lot. I, I think. All right. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's uh halftime stuff. Let me see if I can find it. You know, there's just so many of them who will score first after the first or second half. That's kickoff? the
6: problem. There's too many. So like me right now, trying to find the Travis Kelsey touchdown oh, yeah. one is next to impossible. I have yeah. the, uh, Halftime ones. Will she show cleavage? Uh-huh. Yes or no? Yes is a heavy favor. Define
3: cleavage. <laughs> exactly. Are we talking to Janet Stats, Jackson? That's ex- exactly oh, yeah. why I don't oh, right. bet on these because yeah.
6: right. that's a perfect point. So yeah. she's minus 500 to show cleavage. Yeah, just
5: for the record, what Janet Jackson did was way past cleavage. Yes. Okay? That's just, just for the total
6: record. Total nip. <laughs> <laughs> um, will she wear a necklace? Minus four hundred. Yeah. Is the uh, necklace
3: built into her dress, or does it have to be a standalone? See, I have many questions.
6: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you gotta whoa. go. You gotta See? go to my book and, and
5: figure them out because they they will have declarations on all of them.
6: And will Jay Z make an appearance on stage? Will Drake make an appearance on stage? Will she wear sunglasses? Will she fall down on stage? Yeah. If she falls down, you only get five to one odds. Yeah, that's it. That's stupid. Yeah. I need like a hundred to one odds for that.
5: All right. Uh, what happens first during the broadcast? Greg Olson mentions Super Bowl 50 uh, or Kevin Burkhart says Mets. So that's just <laughs> something, <laughs> that's just a as a one. nice little joke, as a sidebar. Here's the one that's kind of interesting. The video of Mahomes' injury from the Jags game, will it be shown?
1: That's a yes. No, yeah. it
6: wasn't shown last week, though.
1: I'm going to say yes. I, I think like yes. during the AFC title
6: yeah. game, they didn't even, uh, I never saw it. Yeah,
1: I know. It's crazy. Actually, the only way, probably the only
5: way it gets shown is if he gets hurt again. Yeah. Yeah, and so, yes, it's plus 170. So, most people are thinking it won't be shown. Yeah. And so, yeah. All right, those are some good ones. We'll get into uh, the actual game with Coach. We're going to ask Coach to hit the uh, memory banks, too. Three Super Bowls, three the most vivid game-related memories of those games. We will do that. And then one of his guys, Larry Brown, Super Bowl MVP, uh, as Leon describes, he didn't have to move. They threw it right to him. Uh, but we'll get into all that storylines coming up with our head coach, on XL Primetime.
2: Let's welcome in XL Primetime's coach, Dave Campo.
5: Our head coach fired up. I'm surprised he's not walking in with hardware with uh, glossy, blingy rings because it is Super Bowl week.
0: Listen, my hardware is Larry Brown. Yeah, you are bring the man. Because I couldn't let Leon... As much as I love him, and you know I love him, I couldn't let him as a player chronicle what happened in 1995
5: (laughs) without getting Larry Brown in here. Yeah, because he can chronicle some of those plays, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right, now, uh, we're going to ask you to go down memory lane, probably after we we have Larry on, uh, because he'll help take us there. Uh, But we talk to you Tuesday. We did our Campo and Joe podcast. You guys can go check that out wherever you listen to podcasts or watch on our 1010XL social channels. But has your mind changed? Because we're going to get you to drill down on a pick here. Um, has your mind changed?
0: No, I'm 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 sticking with it. Yep. You know, and again, I when you guys were talking about those prop bets, my mm-hmm. stomach was churning because I'm not a gambler, <laughs> but I have a pretty good feeling that uh, in every big game I've ever been involved in mm-hmm. or around. The defense has made the difference in the ball game. No matter who, how much firepower is on the other side, and and I just think Philadelphia's toughness and aggressiveness with their defense is going to make the difference in All the right, end. So,
5: let me counter, okay? Because you, there's no question, 70 plus sacks. They they have done it. The guy that stopped Tom Brady and interrupted that perfect season was Steve Spagnuolo. Yeah. And, and the Giants, yeah. and they 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 schemed some stuff up. Well, coaching matters.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no no question about it. Uh, and uh, I know uh, Sirianni. You know, everybody was on Gannon. Mm-hmm. You know, their defensive coordinator. Sirianni came out and said, "Hey, you must be smoking something because he's a pretty good uh, coordinator." So you got a couple of good ones, and I know Steve very well. Right. You know, and and. Uh, you know, he, he does a great job. There's no question. So, it's going to be interesting. That's why I think it's going to be a tight ball game. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be, when you start talking about a lot of points scored, I don't think you that's don't. going to happen. Okay. I really yeah. don't.
5: I'm interested in that part of it. Yeah. 47.5 point over. Interesting.
3: Under. Well, I saw 51 on my bookie. Yeah. So, I'm very curious it. if it's going to go up or down. Um, Coach Campo, we were talking about this yesterday. Uh, this Eagles defensive front, are they getting enough love, historically speaking, going over 70 sacks as a unit? Are they getting the love they deserve right now? Or are we completely overshadowing and not even talking about that storyline enough?
0: well, first of all, I think the the natural uh, thing about the media and everybody else is talking about the guys that scored a bunch of touchdowns and you know uh, that the the defensive side of the ball is always is a little bit underrated and there's no question when you've got a a group like that and you know usually it's one guy or you know like uh uh our guy uh Haley, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, Charles Haley, yeah. Charles Haley back in the day, you know, he was just a, a notch above everybody. Well, you know, they've got Reddick, who's a little bit ahead, but there's three other guys that have 11 sacks plus uh, with the rest of that group. So they've got a group that, that uh, is pretty darn good. And, and, and uh, again, you know, if there's not one guy that just stands out, they don't get the the same amount of credit, I don't think.
1: That's also how you beat the Chiefs. You get there with four. Let well, I me mean, tell you, you, beat anybody, actually. But that's that's what has been proven to be a way to beat Mahomes. If you can get there with four and you drop seven, that's the way to at least slow him down and get to him. Also, if you can get the, th- those two middle guys that they have, the Eagles, he's not squirming anywhere. Like, they're not going to lose contain in their middle lanes. So he's, he's going to have to either get rid of the ball or throw it out of bounds because he's not – I can't see him squirming and, and getting away from that because that D line is fast.
0: Yeah, there's no question that the, the inside pressure, it, you know, really, honestly, when you look at the Jaguars, that's what we were missing, right, in my mind. And so, you know, they have Hargrave step, move, and, and yeah. you know they've got and, and and Cox and you know guys inside that can that can whip a block and still be able to you know adjust back to the other side if if a guy starts to run. So you know, I think that's. And that's why I'm leaning towards Philadelphia to be honest. I mean, it was
1: an in, it was an inside guy who cost the Bengals the Super Bowl last year. Yeah,
0: yep. I mean, and, I mean and again, you look it was
1: it was Aaron Donald was the best player in the league, but still, it was an inside guy who blew up that play. Well, you for, got-
3: for what it's worth, by the way, just an update on that with Chris Jones, the NFL Network reporting that he does have a cold. He apparently has a sore throat, and he may or may not practice today.
0: That, that's Chris Jones yeah, you talk about? Yeah, because I was just going to bring him up about, yep. you know, that's uh, one guy that can kind of do the same thing. Exactly. He's the Aaron Donald or, you know, whoever you want to talk about.
1: What if it's mm-hmm. COVID? Do they shut down the game?
6: I would. I don't think they test anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They don't. Listen, Listen, I
0: guarantee they you they're down down not. The game. They're not testing that one, <laughs> I can promise you.
5: I would. There's going to be a max mandate that will follow. That was uh, literally
1: everywhere. just for you, JJ. All right.
5: Uh, so. Out of the abundance of caution, <laughs> I think <laughs> we should. Yeah. Yep. Uh, We're all in this together. All right, so get to the Unprecedented times that we're living in. To the pass rush, okay, to the pass rush. This is what I was saying to them earlier. Tell me if you buy in, Coach. Those running backs for the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be as integral and important as anything because how are you going to try and slow down those, you know, that wave of – of humanity coming at Mahomes is to get McKinnon and Pacheco heavily involved uh, running in in the pass game. Yeah, I was just going
0: to say that, you know, not only running the football, which they're going to have to do. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, especially with the injury situation with some of the receivers not knowing exactly what's going on there. They're going to have to run the football some, but – the the you know the the backs have to pick up the blitz. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. If they bring guys, and they will bring some guys mm-hmm. now. It's not just the front four. They they've got two corners that can lock up. Yeah. And so they he's got they've got to protect. But they've also the other way to beat it is to get the ball out on the on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. You know, in the passing game, and and you know those guys, both of them, are are uh, game breakers as far as when they get the ball in their hands. Their speed
7: mm-hmm. uh,
0: is a factor. So, uh, you know, they're going to have to use that to their ability.
5: If you start thinking about, you know, where they might be able to find, you know, like carve up the weaknesses, obviously if they get to Mahomes, we all know what's going to happen. But he is, you know, to Matt's point, he's still pretty dang slippery. Every single time you think he, uh, you've got him, he finds a way to extend the play and make a play. I just think he's become a smarter short passing guy because of all the things he's had to deal
0: with. Yeah, I think uh, you know as soon as they, you know, the uh, Tyreek Hill was out of there, you know, the decision was made. You know, we're going to have to a little bit like us. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't have they don't have a receiver that you just say is Chase or or uh, who Jefferson or whatever. You know, they have to spread the ball around. A lot of that is a quick passing game, McKinnon you know, is one of the leading receivers on the ball club. So, you know, I think he's been better there, but I think the thing that separates Mahomes a little bit is when he gets on the move, his eyes are down the field. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, uh, you look at Hurts, and Hurts is running for 700 yards. Well, Mahomes is very capable of doing that, but he doesn't do it all the time because he's looking down the field and he gets the ball out.
3: Who's going to be down the field, though, for the Chiefs? That's the million-dollar question. Yeah. So, Michael Hardman now on injured reserve, so he's not going to play. You have Valdez-Scantling. Right. You have Juju.
5: Kadarius-Tony. Yeah, Kadarius is going to have to make those types of plays. Right. right.
3: Absolutely. That's my about. thing, is who do you have as that vertical threat downfield? I, I would
0: say Tony, because I think he's a guy that's a, uh, a guy that can go deep, and uh, he's had a pretty good year.
1: See, I feel like we're, all we're doing is, like, Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Yeah. What about A.J. Brown? Yeah. What about about, about Devonta Smith? What about Devonta? What about Dallas Goddard? Yeah. The the Chiefs have to cover in the back end something they don't do well. Yeah. And and you've got a guy, a quarterback, who can extend plays and can get outside and can throw with accuracy on the run. I don't – to me, I see this – I I mean, I get it. It's Mahomes. He's fantastic. I get it. But the Chiefs – I mean, the Eagles are going to stress that defense. They are.
0: yeah, I, all I can say about the Eagles is that the only difference between the two teams, and, and I really honestly think that we have a tendency to talk about Kansas City because they've been so good offensively and, and able to you know do things in a passing game because they're pass first to set up the run. The Eagles are run first to set up the pass, but that doesn't mean that they can't pass the football. And, you know, they've got guys, both two receivers, over 1,000, the tight end with 700 and something. That's a pretty good uh, mm-hmm. explosive unit. Yeah. And the running game with the quarterback really makes a difference in the football game because, you know, you, uh, there's nothing worse as a defensive coach. You've had me say it many times is to get people covered and then have the quarterback run got for 13 about 20, 20 yards for you know down the field. It 13 just kills rush you. touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely. Average,
1: so averaging five or carry.
0: Yeah, and 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 I'm not diminishing either one of the offenses. I'm just looking back in history in my mind mm-hmm. that the team that plays the best defense wins the big games. you and, think the Eagles have the better defense? And I think the Eagles have a better defense. All
5: right, let's get ready for Larry Brown speaking of defense. Uh, but it's funny the like one one of the ones that were more memorable best offense versus best defense was the Falcons against the Patriots and the Patriots had the best defense the Falcons were up 28 to three isn't that crazy when you think about it but that that's that was good on good so we'll see all right let's talk to our man our man's man Larry Brown Super Bowl MVP uh, he came up through coach with the Dallas Cowboys he joins us next on XL primetime Time. <laughs>
2: This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. Go ahead
5: and call now.
3: Working on getting Larry Brown, one of Coach Campo's guys from his time in Dallas, here on a Thursday edition of XL Primetime, a Super Bowl week XL Primetime. We actually just had uh, the quarterback whisperer in the house just a short while ago. And uh, and he, he said he's... he's on his way yeah. out to Phoenix.
5: I love that. And guess what he was in?
3: Uh, Eagles gear yeah, because he's got he's got not one but two quarterbacks because Ian Book of course formerly of Notre Dame and then yeah. drafted by the New Orleans Saints is now the third quarterback behind Jalen Hurts of course Gardner Minshew being the backup so excited for the QB whisperer he was decked out in his 49ers clothes the other day for Brock Purdy now he's got his Eagles and Listen, what I love they play in the NFC it's okay he said
1: he said, said Gardner sent him the Eagles clothes yeah all what that I stuff. love is it's the <laughs> old school.
5: Eagles. Can, yeah, we re- can
3: we reveal yet or we want to wait till tomorrow where Gardner is living in Philly? Yeah,
5: we'll do that later. Okay. Right now, let's do this. No. Yeah. Another
2: interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah
0: and Farrah.
5: You get to welcome on a Super Bowl MVP right now, Coach Campo.
0: Larry Brown. You there, buddy?
5: How's it going?
0: <laughs> Good. How you doing? you doing? You, sounds like you're driving around.
9: No, no, I'm, I'm pulled over. I'm at a stop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, Can't
9: thanks. Can't drive and talk at the same time. No
0: way. Get me a spot. Hey, listen. Thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, the guys are really excited here to to speak with you. Let me ask you a quick question to start it all off. Okay. Uh, we're looking at the Jaguars right now, and and I've likened the Jaguar team right now to our year that that before we went to the Super Bowl. Tell me a little bit about your first year and what your thoughts were and, and getting ready for that uh, 92 season or the 91 season that with the 92 Super Bowl.
9: I think you, you hit it on those, Coach, very much like the Jaguars. Uh, when I got to the Cowboys the year prior, I think they were 1-15. And, and there was a lot of changes, trades, all types of things going on. And I think that first year, uh, my first year, we, we made the playoffs. And we went and played Chicago, beat them made it to the second round, lost to Detroit. But I think what it showed uh, that team was, okay, we got something here. You know, we, we can actually be pretty pretty good. Uh, when you come off a losing team and now you're you're able to have success, uh, you know, who thought you'd go from 1-15 to the playoffs? Who thought you would get to the second round? And I think everything changed that next year. Off-season participation, uh, adding pieces to the puzzle, and, uh, and I think there was some excitement that, hey, we think we have a chance to be pretty good. So I think that 92 team came in uh, uh, coming off the 91 year that, you know, we think we're, we're a lot better than that one in 15 team. We got a chance to be pretty good.
5: We're talking with former Super Bowl MVP Larry Brown, member of the Dallas Cowboys when coach was coaching him up on the defensive side of the ball. So before we get to the memories, how big is confidence like you're describing uh, from player to player, not from the coach, but from player to player uh, within a team?
9: Well, I think it's very important. I I tell people all the time, you know, if everyone is honest about what you are, you know, every fan with every NFL city thinks their team can win it every year. The reality of it is, do you really have a team that can win it? And I think once you realize we do have a team that's pretty darn good that that can do some things, you know that it's possible. And I liken it to Jacksonville. Jacksonville has a very good young football team okay, them making the playoffs is going to do tremendous, you know, they add pieces to the puzzle next year and their confidence level, you know, because of what you can do. And I thought, you know, that 92 team, 91 team, we knew that we had some talent. So we came back for that 92 year and we added some pieces to the puzzle. We knew that we had a legitimate chance. Now, everyone doesn't always take advantage of those windows, but you have to have a team that's truly capable of getting there. And I thought we realized that with that 92
3: team three-time Super Bowl champion, Larry Brown, joining us on the Fair and of Fair phone line, one of Coach Campo's guys and legends. Uh, let's take it back even further, Larry, because Coach Campo loves to tell us the story. I think I hear it at least once a month, and I love it. He loves to tell the story of how he found you, made you a 12th-round pick of the Dallas Cowboys, and your journey from there. Walk us through, especially since we are in the midst of draft season and combine season, where you were in February 1991, where your head was at, and where your game was at.
9: Well, you know, I was only 20 years old, and obviously, you know, information is a lot different now that you know, with the internet and and social media, none of that was there. You know, I guess I'm dating myself, but, (laughs) you know, none of that was there back then. So you just wanted a chance to have an opportunity to to get there. And obviously some guys are first-rounders, some guys are free agents, and I was just happy to get my name called. And I remember camps coming over to, to TCU a few times to work me out, but as a player, they don't tell you anything how they feel about you, if they like you, if they're going to draft you. They just come and and they do what they're supposed to do and and they put the work in. So as a player, you really have no idea uh, of what's going to happen, when it's going to happen uh, with the teams or whatnot. So I had no idea that the Cowboys were drafting. And then when I got there, uh, if I remember correctly, I was the only defensive back drafted that year for the Cowboys, even though I was a 12th rounder. So I, I took a lot. You know, normally the 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 how they treat rookies is shared across the room, but I pretty much took all of it because I'm the only rookie DB and everybody in that room, including the vets, reminded me that I was a rookie, including Campo. So, but it was a great experience. I'm happy they selected me. I'm happy that I had a chance to play for a guy like Dave Campo, who I consider one of the best deepest of back coaches of all time, no doubt about it.
0: Larry, let me uh, – you know, we have – I mentioned this to you. We have uh, Leon Searcy, who I love, here with us on the show. He's, he leaves it at uh, half of the show. He's at lunch with Leon. But, you know, I, I mentioned he hates uh, Neil O'Donnell, and he hates you. Okay? Uh, tell these guys what you remember about the two interceptions. And, and I tell people all the time, hey, listen – Uh, he wasn't just standing there. He understood what they were trying to do to him, and you did have six interceptions that year, two of them for touchdowns, and then two in the bowl game. So tell tell them a little bit about the two plays.
9: Dave Campbell preached, be aggressive. Hey, don't just let a guy run a six-yard stop route, and you know it's a blick check, and catch a ball in front of you. Hey, be a playmaker. And one thing that Campbell always emphasized, these games are going to come down to a few plays. And if you get your opportunity, don't be the guy that didn't make the play that you should have. So, you know, those guys, Dave, and guys like that, ingrained that in us. If you have an opportunity, make the play. And I know Jimmy used to say this all the time. I'm not worried about guys making plays because I'm going to put 11 guys on the field who can make those plays. So I didn't want to not answer the campo. You know, let let me get that ball, come (laughs) to me, and – and let me drop it. Hey, you guys don't know what that sideline is going to be like. <laughs> what the hell, Larry Brown? What's going on with you? So, you know, when you get your opportunities, you just want to make those plays. And because that's what it's going to come down to. And uh, so that that was my thing. Uh, one of the interceptions was a blitz check. We knew that either they ran slant or quick stop on their blitz check. And on one of the picks, I beat the receiver to the route, cut him off and beat him there. Just being aggressive, you know, and, and that's what it was about.
1: So, Larry, Super Bowl winning teams are unique. Super Bowl MVPs are rare. Um, how often are you reminded of, of of being an MVP, of being a guy that was that showed up at the big moment in the big
8: game?
9: Well, I'll tell you a story. I don't know if Campbell even knows this. So I'm, I'm in a room the night before the Super Bowl, and Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, and Deion Sanders in the room. I just happened to hang out with Deion. I'm in the room. And Deion starts this thing. He says, hey, look. Disney has not raised the money in 30 years for paying guys to go to Disney. So if anybody in this room wins MVP, hey, tell them we're not going to do it unless they raise the money. They get <laughs> throw it in. They says, yes, the image in. I shouldn't have been a part of the conversation at all. Don't know how I ended up a part of it. They said, Larry, you in? I'm like, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, okay. Throw in the mic there. Yeah, I'm in. Whatever. Never thinking about it. So it comes to the moment after the game where it says you win MVP. And all these guys are staring at me now. <laughs> And they said, "I asked Disney, I said, are you guys going to raise the money?'" They said no, and I let my prayer pressure get the best of me. And I said, "Well, I can't go to Disney then." And I never should listen to Dion. I never should have been in that room with Troy and those guys because that was their conversation, it wasn't a Larry Brown conversation to be a part of. It.
0: <laughs> listen, I didn't know that story, but it doesn't surprise it me. It doesn't. It doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, <laughs> let me let me ask you one other thing against the. Uh, and, and I believe it was the, uh, the second Super Bowl. Uh, but the NFC championship that year was against San Francisco. And you and Kevin Smith pressed John Taylor and Jerry Rice 40 out of 60 something plays. What was that like playing wow. against those guys as young as you two guys were? You know, the, you were the youngest two cornerbacks playing in, in the league at that time.
9: The goal is blame blame Dave Campbell for that. <laughs> <laughs> so no, there was an expectation that Camp uh, had for us, and they really didn't change what they wanted to do. And they brought guys in that could accomplish that. And so it showed a lot of confidence in us. But there was an expectation, you know, that Dave Campbell is a lot more mellow now, guys. But back then, <laughs> if you called fresh, you better get up there and you better do your job. There was that's what it was about. So I think, again, as a player, you know, when the coach has that kind of confidence in you, you don't want to let them down. So our, we had to do our job, and if he called press, and, hey, get on up there. And, and we did what we had to do. But he prepared us for it, uh, our technique, our fundamentals. So we were in a position we were prepared to do a good job against those guys. You guys did a great job of getting us ready.
5: All right, a couple more for Larry Brown before we have to turn you loose. When, when you think of what the Cowboys have become, and honestly, Larry, it's a struggle because – the memories we're talking about are the most recent memories of getting to the bowl. What do you think of the Cowboys right now?
9: I think they've missed windows. You know, uh, like I said before, I think uh, every team in the league is not going to have a team that can legitimately get there and win it. And I think the Cowboys have missed several windows over the years where they've had those type of ball squad, obviously with, you know, free agency and the cap, it gets even harder. But when you have those windows, those opportunities, and I thought this year, arguably was probably the biggest missed window for the Cowboys. Uh, Outside the Eagles, there really wasn't a dominant team in the NFC. You know, when we played, you had to deal with Philly, New York, Green Bay, San Fran. So that opportunity, you know, it still was going to be very difficult. But I thought Philadelphia, outside of them on the NFC side, you know, Green Bay was down. You know, Minnesota was here or there. There was just no true dominant team. Uh, Obviously, San Fran was on their third quarterback. Mm You know, and uh, you want to talk about uh, getting cursed out, let a third quarterback against Dave Campo's secondary make plays on you. It's not going to be pretty. So I didn't think they took advantage of that opportunity. And that's no disrespect to Brock Purdy. He's a very good quarterback, but he's a a rookie, third-string quarterback, and championship game. And I I, I didn't think they took advantage of him. They really didn't make him uncomfortable. So I thought the Cowboys missed a great opportunity this year to truly have a chance to get there.
0: Larry, we really, really appreciate you coming on. The guys, we're excited to have you, uh, especially on a Super Bowl year like, or week like this one is. Uh, let, me, let me just uh, finish by saying, uh, you know, number 320 picked. You are, without a doubt, one of the most special guys that I've ever coached with, but let me just uh, coached four. But let me tell you this. These guys think I'm a nice guy, but you and Darren Woodson have trashed me <laughs> twice. I had the two of you guys on, and and uh,
5: yeah, yeah,
0: listen, I'm still a nice guy.
5: Yeah, the fire, the fire.
9: Cam has the story. always been a great guy, but there's no way you can have cameras and social media around when we play. There's no way.
5: <laughs> well, listen, design, Larry, there's
9: been w- all kind of things, w- but hope- no. More importantly, and I'm not just saying this. Dave Campbell is a great coach, but he's a great human being.
7: Amen. And I think
9: Big Search knows this. In this business, you don't always find guys, you know, uh, and that's why we're friends today of the relationship. And you don't even find the coaching like you had. You know, we were prepared. There is no Larry Brown without Dave Campo, period. Yeah. And so I'm grateful and appreciative that they gave a 12-round, 20-year-old rookie out of TCU the opportunity to get on that field. A lot of guys wouldn't have put me out there for whatever reason. So I'm always grateful for that. High and they praise. got me ready to play, and they and they didn't treat me any different. I had the same expectation as Kevin Smith, who was a first-round pick, when you're on that field. Do your job.
5: I love it. High praise, well-deserved. And, listen, great storytelling. Hopefully we'll be able to gather you up again and, and spend a little more time. We really appreciate it, Larry.
3: Absolutely, guys. Thanks.
0: Thanks, L- thanks Larry. Love you, man.
3: Thanks, Coach. Love you. See ya. Right. Love, awesome. it. Love it. And I'm not kidding when I say, I think Coach Campo shares that story mm-hmm. at least once a month. And it really just speaks to, you know, who, who you are as a coach, Coach Campo, but also that the guys, they, they want to come back. They want to join us. That's
0: Prime the thing Time. I miss the most about coaching right there. Not, not the Super Bowl, it's not delicious. anything else. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: One more segment to go. It's XL Prime Time.
0: This is
2: XL Prime Time. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL.
5: A couple more minutes with our head coach, Dave Campo. Great guest, Larry Brown. Classy cat more than anything else. Uh, you love hearing those stories. All right, let's hit them fast, coach, because you gotta. I think you've got to make your prediction at the end of this. I don't know if you're a waffle or not, but the memory on the field that sticks out for each of your Super Bowl wins. Cowboys over Bills after the 92 season.
0: Well, believe it or not, this first one in 92, you know, obviously that was a huge thing. It was our first one there. And the one memory that sticks out was not even in the game. It's when the Jets hit Mm -hmm. after uh, uh, Marley Matlin Mm -hmm. and Garth Brooks sang the national anthem. And every guy on our sideline had a tear in their eyes. I promise you, at least 90% of them. Mm -hmm. That's the one that sticks out to me more than anything else. It felt like those Jets were right on top of us and And everybody was ready to jump up and grab one of them. That's how exciting it was.
3: You talk a lot about Larry Brown, mm-hmm. Darren Woodson, the role those guys played on the field in those three Super Bowl games, coach Campo. What's one performance from one of these Super Bowl games you were a part of that you look back on and you say that was that guy playing at his ceiling on the biggest of stages?
0: Well, you know, obviously there were some great plays made, you know, uh, in the second ball game against Atlanta. Uh, uh, our, our safety, James Washington, picked up a fumble. We were behind at the half. He picked up a fumble at first series of the second half and ran it back for a touchdown to tie it up. And then he had two more interceptions against Kelly with the Bills in the second half that set up uh, Emmett Smith to, to take control and win MVP. Larry – or excuse me, uh, James Washington – could have very easily been the MVP, and we could have had two DBs, two years, you know, right. two Super
4: Bowls
3: look, for, in a row. look good for you if that was the case.
0: Yeah, but it was a, a great performance, no question about so it. So
1: of those Super Bowls, which one do you look back most fondly on?
0: Well, you know what? The, the first one was the most exciting. The second one, I was sick as a dog. It was only one week between the championship and the, and the Super Bowl. Right. And I was sick the whole week. And the one thing that stuck out to me was – when the game started, it was like a gr- adrenaline kicked in, and I was beautiful. Right after the game, I didn't even go to the party. I was so sick. Wow. But the, the thing that sticks out the most, obviously, was the third one because I called the game as a defensive coordinator. So for me, that game was really important, uh, you know, in my history. And the defense played so well in that football game uh, with Larry Brown and Darren Woodson. And we had guys like Scott Case who was – had been in the league for about 10 years. We brought in as a nickel safety that made two or three big yep. plays in a game. Yep. It was just one of those games because I was a little bit even more involved in my mind calling the game. So
1: now I'm going to make it talk for you real quick. The Super Bowl championship or the Canes championship? Say that again. The I'm Super sorry. Bowl championship or the Canes championship? Which one? Oh, boy.
0: Ah. I'd have to go to the Super or just, Bowl.
1: Or just say why the Canes, makes, Ch- Canes championship makes it so tough. You just...
0: Well, because, you know, uh, I love the University of Miami. And the players we had there, Michael Irvin was an example of that. We had a lot of players that were so competitive and so, you know, so loose and everything right. to win that game. And Jimmy had, you know, that was, after them losing the game, I wasn't there the year before when they lost to the – uh, to uh, Penn State in the Fiesta Bowl. Right. But if they hadn't had – if the quarterback hadn't thrown that many interceptions, they would have won that yeah. one. So this one was really big, and, and I loved Miami, and that is, that's why it sticks out to me.
3: All right, Coach. One minute to go in the segment before we hand it off to the Frangie Show. Who do you have in the Sunday Super Bowl?
5: Score, Coach.
0: Oh, yeah, I got to give a score? I just told you the prop bets make me nervous. My know, stomach is churning attention to right, the now. right now. the uh, over-under right now. You know, uh, uh, I said 27-24 Eagles mm-hmm. on on uh, Hacker oh. After Dark. Mm-hmm. After looking at it a little bit more, I think it's going to be 24-21. Eagles. I don't think it's going to be a big scoring ball game. You he like that w- that
3: one and a half point yeah. line? I-, I see you playing around with whatever they're saying. And he just lowered Vegas. that
5: uh, prop bet over unders fifty one. So he was right on the number. All right, thanks, coach. We appreciate it.
0: You got it, guys. Have a great one, and let's have a great Super
5: Bowl. Exactly. Okay. We've got the Franchise Show coming up next.
2: Hey, remember this? There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up, yes! The Giants won the The Giants won the pellet! The Giants won the pellet! Balotelli, Aguero! They're not gonna keep him off the field tonight! Holy cow! Oh my god! Time now for a modello moment. Make your next moment with a modello. Here it is, here's the three. Magic got a three. Waiting for that moment to shoot the three. 19 for Johnson, his first points of the second half, and will be around the 60 percent mark. And another great pass, and Marley has his first points. Magic, boy, you've got to be alert when you're on the court with Urban Johnson. Nine assists for Magic, all in the second half. Six, five, three-pointer. Yeah! At the end of the game, one falling away. And his mother and father, Urban Sr., from Lansing, Michigan, there to lead the cheers.
5: Now, that was not Al Michaels on the call. That was a, a great Dick Enberg with that enthusiasm and excitement. Magic Johnson coming back after what was a very serious story at that point, uh, testing HIV positive. They finally got over all the the, the scares, the hurdles. I mean, that the, was think about that. That yeah. was in
1: the middle of that game. What I mean, what was a worldwide, a worldwide event? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He still came back and played. Yeah,
5: because everyone, you got to be rare to do that, man. Yeah, goosebumps uh, galore, uh, and certainly a great moment. And he was there witnessing what went down this week, uh, not that far removed from the anniversary of him stepping back out on the court uh, with LeBron. And Kareem, Magic, and James Worthy, all of them were there uh, witnessing that, which was something else. All right, now, speaking of hoops. Now, the
2: two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com careers, equal opportunity employer.
5: UNF, they're on the campus, a little swoop action tonight with UNF. Lauren Brooks joins us now. What is going on?
7: Hey, Joe, see a little birdie told me you're coming here tonight. I'm for looking the forward to seeing a
3: Are you in the hospitality suite tonight, buddy yeah, boy? Yeah, you
5: never know. Uh, I like to travel suite level. You know how that goes. But uh, I'm looking forward to it because Florida Gulf Coast is a good team, obviously, with the UNF Ospreys we were able to do this past week. So, yeah, I'm
1: fired up.
7: It should be a lot of fun. Obviously, you end up playing host to Florida Gulf Coast. This is my first time seeing the CSI company's floor, the the new court here, mm-hmm. and obviously the suite area where we are. So, Joe, if you get here before 6 o'clock, come on up. Yep. Come hang out with us. It'll be a blast. And it looks just so great in here. Obviously, having worked here many, many years ago now, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just so impressed and, and really I, the staff here is, continues to do such a great job, so yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome.
5: Yeah, because Matthew was over the top. He said, "You will just love it." And and honestly, yes. from all the people that support UNF, they love it. That's and that's good news.
3: Speaking of Matthew Driscoll, since I am going to be on the call for tonight's game, mm-hmm. uh, if you're looking for a reason to go, the Ospreys would move to three and zero in the month of February mm-hmm. with a win tonight. They are sixty one and thirty five in the month of February under Matthew Driscoll the last thirteen yeah, years.
5: Yeah, keep it rolling right now. Now's a good time to peak.
7: That's a saucy nug, is was- it not? That's right. As I was pulling in the parking lot, Matthew Driscoll was uh, heading out, so it was good to say hi to Coach, and uh, we'll certainly have him on this afternoon in the 3 o'clock hour and talk a ton of hoops and a lot more.
3: He's got to to pick up that mid-afternoon, Duncan. It's a Mm -hmm. lifestyle. It's it's part of his routine.
5: He's a coffee man. I don't know how he does it. He just never, ever, ever stops. Uh, It's something else. All right, so you guys will be talking that and plenty more, right?
7: You got that right. Thanks so much.
5: All right, thank you. Lauren Brooks, Frank Franchi, Hayes Carline out on the campus of UNF with Agent Gibbs holding it down here. That'll be a good game tonight,
3: honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, should be a good one. Florida Gulf Coast right behind UNF in the standings. It's a team that started off with its best record in program history at the D1 level. They've now lost five in a row, but four of those five, Josie and Matt, Mm -hmm. have been by four points or less. So they're desperate for a win. UNF is trying to build on the momentum of a River City Rumble sweep, so should be a goodie.
5: Yeah, got to get it done. I do want to. Humble sweep. Yeah, 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 I love it. Rumble I love Back and forth they go. Which right? Is great.
3: I do want to end on this. Uh, since we started with the NBA, and I know the text line Design My Lifetime Enclosures loves when we talk NBA, let's end with this. Uh, here is a quote from Kareem Abdul Jabbar when he was asked about LeBron James breaking his all time scoring record. Mm-hmm. That ain't me today. I'm 75. The only time I ever think of the record is when someone brings it up. I retired 34 years ago. For the past 20 years, I've occupied myself with social activism, my writing, my family, especially my grandchildren. If I had a choice of having my scoring record remain intact for another 100 years or spend one afternoon with my grandchildren, I'd be on the floor in seconds stacking Legos and eating Uncrustables.
5: Yeah, he's a good dude. He's he's grounded. And- May we all have yeah. that
3: approach Go on to life. Substack
1: and read that entire thing. It's about a 5,000-word essay. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, I also don't believe
5: him. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. He's a different cat. Yeah, he's okay. – well, I just think it doesn't – it's not nearly as important as it once was, which, right. is, which is fine. If he, nothing
3: else, in an ideal world, we should all have that yeah. perspective. Right, don't be life. so
5: negative, J.J. Yeah, his perspective He's, just, he's a liar. We, we are out. We had a great time. You got the Brandy Show coming up from UNF next right here on 1010XL 925 FM.